And good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. Griffin is back after he was gallivanting around Disney last week. I am, yeah. Very different trip, I'm going to assume, than my trip to Disney. I think all Disney trips are the same. No, they are definitely not the same, Griffin. Definitely not the same. I assure you of that. I got on every single ride. I'm glad to hear it. And yeah, and I bet you've got a little bit more money coming back than I did. <laughs> Just going to bet. Anyway, um, good to have Griffin back. Thanks to everybody who filled in last week. A lot to do on a Monday edition of the program. Coming up in a bit, Jonathan Mayo is going to join us. We didn't really do a lot about the top prospects list last week. I don't even know why. I think the week just got away from us. So Jonathan Mayo, one of our favorites, will join us this morning. Of course, the Orioles in all of these lists, including MLB Pipelines, very well represented, including the number one prospect in baseball. But, you know, it's it's sort of an anomaly. He's going to graduate from the list very soon, Gunnar Henderson. So enjoy it for now, but um, as soon as – I don't even remember what their qualifier is or how many games you have to play before you come off the list. Gunnar Henderson will come off the top prospects list and will instead just be a, a obvious MVP candidate. That's the way that that will go this season. We'll talk to Jonathan Mayo about it. Some news late last night, early this morning. The Angelus family lawsuit is no more. Now, I don't know what that means. So I need smarter people than I to help me out. Jeff Barker from the Baltimore Sun, a uh, guy I've known for a long time, of course, was on the uh, University of Maryland beat with him once upon a time. Jeff has been covering sort of this ongoing situation with the Orioles, and he will join us and try to explain a little bit more about what that means, what's next as the Angelos family lawsuit. Everything over the team, over the law firm, over all of it has been dismissed. It's it's settled. So what's next? Is the team getting sold? Will there be money to be able to be spent? You know, all of those things. Those are the things that we actually were talking about quite significantly on Friday with Stan the Fan. I'm kind of writing about it in the next print issue of Pressbox. I think I was just talking about it with Rita yesterday on the fan. Like, those were the things that were making a lot of us a little bit sweaty about, well, can there be a next step? The Orioles, of course, came out on Friday, and Mike Elias said, the rebuild is behind us. And I said, I, I believe you, but I, I don't know what's next because I'm just not sure if there's money to be spent. I don't, I don't know what the next step of this is. It feels like there's a bit of a holding pattern this season that comes with it, and then once everything else gets settled, there could be a next step. Well, does this provide for there to be a next step? Does this now suddenly mean that if at the trade deadline the Orioles are in contention and there's the opportunity to acquire a player, but it comes with a salary that goes beyond this season, they'd be able to do that. Can they now think about signing some of their own players, a Gunner Henderson type, buying out arbitration years? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have the answers to all of these things. But um, we're going to try to get – and I'm not sure that Jeff Barker knows the answers to all of them. I think he can tell us about some of it. And we can uh, just sort of hypothesize from there. So we'll chat about that with him a little bit later on. Also this morning, Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday here on GCR. So that is all on the way. Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You have signed up for some betting offers with some of the betting houses in the state of Maryland. Probably not all of them. And if you bet $5 right now at DraftKings, you can get $200 
in bonus bets instantly if you've never signed up with DraftKings before. So if you've been exclusively a FanDuel person, tonight this seems like a very good time to get in with DraftKings. Don't know if you've heard, there's a pretty big football match coming up this Sunday. So maybe bet a little bit with DraftKings and you can get on board and get $200 in bonus bets for betting just $5. But you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now in order to do it. Um, everybody enjoyed the 30 for 30 last night. I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say about it. I sort of told you all how I felt about it last week, and I know that it's always awkward. Because, uh, Rita was talking about this because I gave her the option of whether she wanted to watch it ahead of time because we were having Marvin Lewis on the radio show yesterday, and I could definitely sense from Rita she kind of wanted to watch it with everybody else, and I get that. I could sense on Twitter last night everybody was having a time tweeting about the 30, 30, 30 for 30 together. It was almost like getting a bonus Ravens game after the season had ended. There was a small part of me. I'm, I, I don't really do FOMO anymore. Like, I'm too old. I, I'm always going to be left out, man. Like, I don't know what's for me any longer. The only thing I could feel like I could fear missing out on is something related to my kids. Other than that, I just don't care, right? So I didn't feel a lot of it. I just watched the Grammys. All was good. Um, what? I've already seen it. I'm good. I don't need to see it again. All right, fine. Well, I saw the uncensored version, in fact. Yeah, I guess that was, which is available. Was the better. Yeah, which is available on ESPN Plus. If you'd like to uh, go watch it right now, you can watch the uh, Bullies of Baltimore uncensored, as uh, we learned from. Um, uh, Jason Weber and Ken Rogers last week, and also there's some bonus content available from the uh, event they did at the Meyerhoff last year. They did they did, they put that up, not the entirety of it, but they put up a version of just that event on ESPN Plus as well for you to go watch those. And I actually intend to spend some time with that this week, the um, the Meyerhoff event uh, alone. Even though we saw some of it in the 30 for 30 last night, the idea that you could see even more of it sounds like something I'd like to do. So I I don't. I don't, there isn't, this isn't like, you know, I say sitting down and watching it on Twitter is like watching a game. There's no post-game analysis to be done. <laughs> I told you I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, who, I, who's your favorite character? I, you know? Well, I mean, I, I said last week. Should we do some pats on the ass? No, we're not going to do pats <laughs> on the ass. Um, the star of the movie was Tony Saragusa. It was very much a love letter to Tony Saragusa. And I that it was emotional. I mean, it was genuinely emotional. Because I care so deeply about Tony Saragusa and I miss him, and I think they did a wonderful job. And you know, there's I could nitpick some things. There was absolutely no reason for Jack Del Rio to be up on the dais at that event. Like, what in the hell was that? Like, I don't know how deep you'd have to go on that team for me to tell you where I think. Like, I, you know, obviously you could say Ray Lewis is one, Brian Billick, Tony Saragusa, Trent Dilfer. You know, Jamal Lewis, Rod Woodson, Shannon Sharp, all those guys that were up there, Marvin Lewis, absolutely deserved to be up there. I'm trying to do it. Are we at, are we at 10? Is that, is, that, is that 10 guys? So Ray, Tony, Dilfer, Rod, Shannon, Jamal, that's six. Marvin, Brian, that's eight. Should have had Kadri up there. Um... You know, like, that's the thing. I would essentially say at that Tim point. Tim Johnson the, was. No, no. The, well, Tim Johnson yeah. came. He made it a the cameo appearance, right. but he wasn't <laughs> up on the dais. Um, the, the the real one is, of course, Ozzy, but Ozzy just doesn't like doing this stuff. Like, I have no doubt they asked Ozzy to go sit up on the dais, and he said, no, nah, I'm good. Like, Ozzy has eternally never liked doing interviews, never liked doing any of this. It's just not his thing. 
Ozzy doesn't like doing it. But that, of course, would be the correct answer for if you needed to have, if for whatever reason, for the sake of symmetry or something like that, you needed to have a ninth person up on the dais, Ozzy would have been the answer. I mean, I don't, I, I, I guess if you said now, if it's not going to be Ozzy, who would it be? Well, okay, Jonathan Ogden would be the next logical answer, right? Like, Ogden would be the obvious choice who was very minimally ended up being a part of the story. Peter Boulware would definitely be higher on the list than um, Michael McCrary would be far higher on the list. I, I think just about anybody on the defense, like Chris McAllister would be far higher on. Like, I just, like, that was the only part of the thing that I was like, why? Did Jack Del Rio pay somebody to be up here? And this isn't even, like, Jack Del this isn't even me hating on Jack Del Rio because he's kind of turned into a caricature with all of his, like, you know, he's, 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 he's been, his Twitter account is pretty embarrassing. It's not even about that. Like, it's just that he was not a significantly relevant piece. Yes, he was a coach. He was on the staff, and that's not nothing. I'm not trying to pretend like he didn't have any sort of role on that team. But the idea of him being up on the dais instead of any of these other guys is insane to me i guess they wanted that oakland story in there where he, it's fine yeah. like let somebody else tell it or I, I, like let him ha- have a microphone in the audience or something like that like I, I i just it was bizarre he can hang out with the goof on the roof and they can they can both go up there. i always forgot there were two different goofs on the roof this, what a weird city we live in there was a bad ravens team that also had a goof on the roof i was reminded of that last night when people confuse the two because the other goof on the roof might not have been the best guy. We might have uh, learned something. The guy in, I think it was 07 when the team was really bad, that tried to do the bit with the goof on the roof, that guy, I think, might have maybe been arrested pretty quickly uh, after his stunt on. Like, maybe he didn't want to bring the exposure to himself. But not Jim Boyer, not him. He was fine. He was, well, that I know of. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know everything about Jim. Maybe we should have tried to track down Jim this morning. Try to find Jim. He looks like he it looks like he's up there at this point. He might be in in his 70s at this point, but man, I you know, it was great. It was great. I, I I don't know how people felt about it outside of Baltimore. I said that a couple times. I do think I I thought it was going to be a zero. I think if you remember when they announced the 30 for 30, I said I thought it was going to be a zero outside of Baltimore. I said I don't know why anyone would outside of Baltimore would give a rat's ass. And the point that I was making at the time and I brought this up with um Ken and Jason last week. The point was, I don't, I don't think as much as people say, hey, we miss defense and we miss that tough, hard-nosed football, I think we've accepted at some point that in our football appreciation, we care about quarterbacks. Like, that's it. That's what we care about. We will watch something based on our interest in the quarterbacks. And... That's, of course, not the story of the 2000 Ravens. Now, what they did really well is they reminded everybody it was about the personalities. And as was pointed out by a lot, these are these are larger-than-life personalities that have all had significant football roles post their playing career, right? Like, Ray Lewis is a pop culture figure. Trent Dilfer was a very involved media figure who, of course, now is a college football coach. Um, Shannon Sharp is a media superstar, of course, on the dumb Skip Bayless show. Um, Tony Saragusa was an actor. Tony Saragusa was in a Spike Lee movie and, you know, The Sopranos and was a legit 
you know, kind of figure for a little while. Did that man cave show that people liked, and of course was on Fox for a few years. So they did do a good job of like sort of portraying the significance of the personalities, and and maybe that was enough to make the rest of the country really interested in the the documentary. I also don't care. Like if it was just for us, it was just for us. Yay! We got our thing. Everybody else gets to have. The, the number of times where the rest of the, the where one of these media companies thinks I'm going to care at all about something that's related to New York is overwhelming so that we get one of them we'll take it if this is the one that we will ever get that we hey we recognize that nobody really cares about it outside of Baltimore but we'll take Baltimore th- that's fine I mean like I I don't care when Mike and the mad dog reunite on an ESPN show it is irrelevant to me. I could not possibly care less. I don't care about Craig Carton. I don't care about any of the things that you think that we should care about because people in New York care about them. So if this is the one that we get, that's the one that we get. And I enjoyed it, and um, I will. I will look forward to going back and watching the the Meyerhoff thing this week on ESPN+. I will attempt to spend some time with that. As far as the rest of the weekend is concerned, I know a lot of you got out to check out the uh, Orioles caravan. It seemed like a lot of fun was had. I guess they overcame the whole kerfuffle with the Adley Rutschman autographs, so all's good there. Um, saw a ton of pictures, saw a ton of videos from the weekend, heard that like some of the spots were overwhelmed, were, were, there, were, there were mob scene types of crowds. And I, I guess I was thinking about that a little bit where – this is part of the reason why it probably wouldn't be for me. I can't do the chaos anymore. Like, I can't... You you bring out mob scene to, like, a small brewery, I'm I'm good. I, I'll be at home. Like, I can't... I can't do... I went to the auto bar on Saturday night for a show, which I never do. I never go out to play any longer. But uh, J. Roddy Walston played at the auto bar on Saturday night, and our buddy Chad Lamassa was like, hey, man, why don't you come out? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I love J. Roddy. Absolutely. I'll go do that. And... My friend Brandon, Brandon Linton from uh, Jobbing Out, he and his uh, Mrs. Linton were there, and they came. They sh- they came in a little bit late, and he was like, "We'll try to connect." And the place was so bloody. It's so small. Of course, you know the Auto Bar. It's the smallest place in the world for real show. I mean, like if it's a neighborhood show, then you know there's plenty of room. But like for a real show, it's very tiny. And he was, I mean, it's not a big place. But he was over here, and I was over here, and we never saw each other. Like, that's just the name where, like, I'm like, dude, it's too much chaos. I'm not going to go weaving through people. I'm not going to go try to barrel people down. It's too much chaos. And that's how I would have felt if I'd shown up at one of these breweries, like, with my kids to try to meet an Orioles player on Saturday. I would have been like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You think you could have chugged with Adley? I, no, not at this point. I mean, when I was Adley's age, I would have embarrassed him. But it's like now, no. I'm, 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 those days are behind, behind me, Griff, and I will not be doing that any longer. Um, right. Except for when we do our drinking show once a year. Yes, correct. Once One a year. year. Once a year. It's not a relapse because I'm not an addict. I want to make that abundantly clear. Just, uh, just a man who likes to perform a little bit. Um, it looked like it was a fun event. I, I know that there was some debate, like on Twitter, about whether or not this is this really does replace Fan Fest. Drew and I were talking about Fan Fest last week. That the reason why they got rid of it is because there were too many moving parts. And I'm like, I don't know, man. This looks like a lot of moving parts for this thing. Like, I, if you're telling me it's easier to control it, I okay. I always sort of assumed it was an issue with the convention center, an issue with the city, 
that prevented FanFest from continuing to happen. I don't think it's... Like, if a player cancels on you, they're just as likely to cancel on you for the Caravan as they are for the FanFest. So I don't really... I don't know what Orioles fans prefer. I guess the nice thing about this event is, again, geographically, some of them came closer to you if you live in other places in the state. I I guess, you know, there were some other times, like it started on Thursday night, went through Sunday, instead of just being on Saturday. So there was more opportunity for you to get out to one of them. I don't really care. I, this is not my thing. It's not going to be for me. I was trying to think about it when I was a kid. I would have preferred to have had FanFest. There was just something about the feel of like a day-long Orioles party that can't be replaced by a couple hours with a few players at a brewery. Like I, And I mean that with all due respect. I don't think this is a bad idea. I think it's cool they do it. And I think that I saw that a lot of people were having fun. And maybe if I did go experience it, I think a lot of people point out there's maybe something more personal about it. Now, like now you've got a story of the time you went bowling with you know, Nick Vespi or whatever. Like now you got a story of the time that you chugged a beer with Adley Rutschman, whatever it might be, that you couldn't get at a fan fest. At a fan fest, Adley Rutschman wasn't going to be chugging beers with you. He, you, know, you weren't going to be bowling with those guys. You were going to go get an autograph and then walk away. So I do get that's kind of cool. Like, I understand that. I don't know, as a kid. Because, again, if, this is, if you're an adult and this is what you're all about, I'm like, come on, man. It's kind of creepy. But for a kid, I love the idea of, like, knowing I was going to somewhere where the Orioles were breathing. That was what made FanFest so cool. So I do think that I – that would probably be more for me, I think. I, I think that's the case. But – Everybody seemed to have a great time, and there were a lot of great feedback for it. So, you know, lovely, lovely. And a nice win for Maryland, obviously, on Saturday night on the road. Of course, Minnesota's not very good. Maryland now has two road wins, two true road wins on the season. The two teams they've beaten on the road this season have combined two conference wins. But they took care of business. They uh, stay on the road uh, through tomorrow night when they take on Michigan State. And they put together this nice little stretch here of getting the job done, of five wins in six games with the only loss being that that heartbreaker to Purdue. So it's a nice little stretch for Maryland basketball. I'm writing about them today at PressBoxOnline.com. I'll talk to you more about that a little bit later on. That's what's, uh, that was what was going on over the course of the weekend. The, of course, Ravens still need an offensive coordinator and continue to draw this thing out. We will see if that gets settled this week. Right now, it is always a pleasure for us to welcome in our friend MLB Network, MLB.com, MLB Pipeline. They've got a new Top 100 Prospects list. He is Jonathan Mayo, and he is with us now here on GCR. Jonathan, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hey, I hear a rumor that you've got a new book coming out. I do. Uh, it's coming out in July. It's called Smart, Wrong, and Lucky. Uh, it's looking at uh, guys who were kind of under the radar as amateur players uh, who then went on to become stars and kind of telling their origin stories. Uh, a lot of a lot of conversations with scouts over the years uh, about guys, you know, you know, they love talking about the guys they missed on, but also the kind of the later round guys, uh, you, you know, the Albert Pujols of the world who went in the 13th round, uh, th- those kinds of players who, who far outperformed what expectations were, even 
the expectations of the scouts assigned. I'm worried that as an Orioles fan reading this book, I might be reminded basically of the number of guys that could have helped that they didn't come up with over the years. <laughs> well, that's all 30 teams, right? Yeah. That's the that's the the thing with any of these uh, guys. You know, Albert Pujols was the best player in his draft class. Uh, you know, Ian Kinsler has the highest WAR of everyone in his draft class. He was a 17th rounder. You know, um, Lorenzo Cain, which is maybe my favorite story uh, in the book, didn't play baseball in his life until his sophomore year of high school and was completely unknown uh, other than to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you know, so uh, the, you could write 17 books on this and, and every team will look at it and be like, I can't believe we had, you know, 15 rounds to draft this guy and didn't. I guess the relevant question is, are there any stories on the other end when it comes to uh, the Orioles? Like when I read this book, are there any, are there any positive <laughs> finds that I'm going to come across? Um, there are no Orioles in yeah. this yeah. book, yeah. but keep in mind that I could, and maybe I will write, you know, multiple volumes of this. Every <laughs> team has players who ended up becoming stars, you know, even though they weren't, you know, Adley Rushman. Yeah, that's true. The Orioles just kind of had fewer of them over the last 20 years. That's sort of the reality. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's out in July, correct, Jonathan? Yes. All right. I'm looking forward to that uh, as it'll be available. And we will definitely have you on. Of course, that'll be the perfect time. We'll probably have you on talking draft anyway. So that would be excellent to make it work that way. Uh, In the meantime, speaking of someone who wasn't a first-round pick, uh, the number one prospect on MLB Pipeline's list is, of course, Gunnar Henderson. And I know that's, you know, kind of a placeholder, right? He's going to graduate, we know, in a, in a few weeks, and, and then there'll be a yep. new number one on the list. But I guess take me through what you saw from Gunnar when he got to the major league level last year. What I, I, Jonathan, I feel like you and I have talked about how much the position thing matters with just how valuable Gunnar Henderson is as a prospect. Why are we so bullish about Gunnar Henderson? Because I mean, he does everything well. I mean, and I think the biggest thing that we saw in 2022, even before he got to to the big leagues, I, I got lucky. I saw him in his last Double A game uh, in Altoona, Pennsylvania, which is a couple hours from where I live in Pittsburgh. And then he got promoted to Triple A. And I had a conversation with him then about this. And you know, the biggest thing that he had learned from the previous year was that he really needed to make adjustments on his overall approach. He needed to see more pitches. He needed to be more selective to get himself in better counts to do damage. And that's exactly what he did. And it carried all the way up to, to the big leagues. And, you know, and this was a guy who is incredibly young, certainly did not look out of place. Uh, to say that he held his own is almost not doing him credit. Sure. But the, the biggest thing is that he showed, even at the big league level, that he can make adjustments, he can see pitches, uh, and that's only going to get better, you know, as he gets more and more comfortable. And then add in the fact that he plays on the dirt. Uh, he could play a very good shortstop if he were going to play shortstop every day. I think he's a gold glove caliber third baseman, which is probably where he does play, uh, at least, you know, for now. And that, add, that, that just adds value uh, to what he can, can do. Heck, you could put him in center field and he'd be a good center fielder. He's that athletic. So it's a combination of all the tools, really. You know, I think I'll, I'm going to present it in this context, Jonathan. One of the things that we've been talking about is that the Orioles didn't do a lot this offseason. They made some some marginal moves, and some of them that I think could be very good and actually some, somewhat helpful for this team. But 
you know, the biggest reason why there's optimism in Baltimore is because, well, hey, you're going to get a full season of Adley Rutschman this year and a full season of Gunnar Henderson. When it comes to Gunnar, though, he's still very young. He's still only 21 years old. Are you at all concerned about maybe there's still needing to be a little bit of a ramp for him that, that perhaps the expectations at least immediately are too high or you just he convinced he's that good and he'll be that good that quickly well i mean you know you probably have your finger on the pulse of of oriole land better than i do and i'm sure the expectations are very high uh you know we don't make a guy our number one prospect if we don't think he's going to be a very good big leaguer is he going to be that good right away i mean i i think he has a good chance to i did an executive poll uh, you know, during the off season, uh, not that long ago. And he w- was easily the pick to be the American league rookie of the year. Now I, I, you never know what's going to happen. Who's going to make teams uh, a year ago at this time. We didn't know Julio Rodriguez was even going to make right. the Mariners opening day roster. So things can change. Uh, you know, is he going to be an all-star right out of the gate? I don't know about that. Will he be eventually? Yes. I, I have a firm belief that he is that, caliber of a player and i think that he does enough things well that even if he has a stretch where he doesn't hit and you know every player you know has slumps he's going to contribute to you know to the team in some way shape or form and that ability that i talked about his ability to make adjustments and learn um i think there's a fallacy where people think that when a guy gets to the big leagues their development is over and that's not true. There's still player development going on. I mean, you can make the argument throughout a player's career, but especially when they first get to the big league. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's still development to, to be made. I mean, this is a guy who's just learning how to tap into his power. And so, you know, I don't know that he's going to hit 35 homers this year, but I think he might down the road. It's an interesting way of saying, look, I, 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 we're going to be excited about him because why wouldn't we be excited about him? Like, I, Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a heck of a baseball player. There's no doubt about it. Jonathan Mayo, and he'll be pipeline with us here on GCR. Jonathan, were you at all concerned? You, Grayson Rodriguez is number seven on your list. Are you at all concerned about what we saw of Grayson when he came back from the injury late last season as he prepares to make this jump to the major league level? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not really concerned. I think, you know, the, the Orioles erred on the side of caution. Um, I think that he showed how competitive he is just by working so hard to make sure that he got back at the end of the year. Um, I did an interview with him, uh, uh, I guess about a month ago, um, you know, and talking to him about that. And he was happy just to finish the year healthy to get back on the mound. He, it's not like he was looking towards Baltimore, uh, you know, he, uh, I think he's going to be just fine. Maybe they send him to triple a, uh, you know, to, to start the year. Um, but, uh, I also could see him pitching so well this spring that it makes it very difficult. And then add in that little, that little caveat that, you know, teams can get a draft pick yep. out of this deal. Yep. If things go really well now, I don't know that you make a, a decision only based on that. But you look at with the Mariners and with Julio Rodriguez, they got an extra draft pick because of that. You know, a lot has to go right. But I do think that uh, I do think that uh, he is going to make a very large contribution, and I don't think that that injury is going to be uh, an issue. I think they address some things in terms of how he prepares and in his delivery and things like that, where 
you know, those kinds of injuries can be recurring, but I, I don't have that concern. Are, are you confident that he is a, like, he's an ace? Like, are you confident that he really is a top of the Well, world? yeah, I don't use the word ace because I mean, look around Major League Baseball. How many real right, aces I get are it. there? Yep. I mean, so um, does he have the stuff and the, and, and the mindset uh, and the command to be a frontline starter? Absolutely. What that means in the Orioles rotation We'll have to, to wait and see. But I do think that he has the potential to front a rotation. You know, a year ago when the Orioles picked Jackson Holiday, not quite a year ago when they picked Jackson Holiday, it felt like there were some people that weren't as convinced that he was definitely the number one, that maybe he was a guy the Orioles drafting to cut a deal. It seems like him showing up at number 12 on the top prospects list is a pretty good sign that, like, the thought is, yeah, he was worthy of going very high in the draft last year. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was not the Orioles uh, taking Heston Kerstad, you know, uh, and I don't want to pick him on Heston Kerstad, but everyone knows that that was, you know, a little bit of a reach to save money, even though he was a definite first rounder, you know, not even Colton Kowser, really, in, 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 a, in a lot of ways. This is a guy who, uh, you know, had had a, a bad summer showcase. Uh, so his stock was a little bit down, but then in the spring showed why everyone was kind of excited about him. And, uh, you know, Jim Callis, my colleague, does that part of the country for the draft. And he could not remember there ever being a time where he had to raise uh, an amateur player's grade that much over the course of a spring. He, like, he, he got better at everything. I mean, including, you know, because he got bigger and stronger. He also got faster. Um, so now we're looking at, at a guy who... Uh, is going to play shortstop for a very long time. He's going to hit with power. He can run. Uh, you know, I'll echo Jim because he he has said this on a number of occasions. But he would. I don't think any of us would be surprised if Jackson Holiday were our number one prospect a year from now. Uh, Was he the slam dunk? number one pick in the draft, you could have made the argument, you know, Drew Jones was very, very good. You know, the, there were a couple of options there that you can make the argument. I don't know that it was, he was the clear pick, but he certainly belonged in the conversation. It's so funny you bring that up because I was about to say, you know, we've gotten really, uh, prospects list have been the friends of Orioles fans in recent years. And those of us who cover the team, it's been good for content, but we're realizing this is, this is a good thing. Obviously, if you're the Orioles, it probably isn't going to be a lot. So is like when we talk about Jackson Holiday, you say there's a real chance he could be a number one prospect and, and probably the last number one prospect that the Orioles would have for a little while. Well, listen, the, what, what is the end goal, right? Uh, you, you don't want to just always have the best farm system. You, you want to win. Uh, you know, it's hard to do both at the same time. There are teams that manage to maintain the farm system. I think Michael Elias is hoping to, to do that, but if the Orioles continue to play well, then they won't be picking at the very top of the draft and they're not going to have uh, the ability to get that kind of player. Now, if you have a good scouting department uh, and I think the Orioles have built a, a good one, uh, you're going to find talent later in the first round. Uh, you're going to find talent, you know, not in the first round. If you look at their system now, it's not just because of the guys that they've taken at the very top of the draft. Uh, to your point, you know, Gunnar Henderson wasn't their first round pick. Uh, you know, a guy like Connor Norby, who didn't make our, our top 100, not a first round pick. Joey Ortiz on the top 100, not a first round pick. So, you know, you can still get guys that will land on lists like these 
even if you're not picking, you know, in the top, you know, in the top five or top 10 picks. No question. No question. All right. Uh, just a couple more with you. Jonathan Mayo here with us on GCR. One, uh, you bring up Colton Kowser. Are, are, are we certain at this point that Colton Kowser is a major league center fielder? Uh, no. I mean, that's hard for me to answer. I've never seen Colton Kowser play the outfield, right, yeah. personally. So I, I don't know. It's just from talking to people. I think he has a chance to play center field. I, I get the sense that he's the kind of player that he would be fine in center field unless there was a better center fielder, uh, if, if that makes sense. Sense. You know, if there's some guy who comes along who's a plus defender in center field, he probably gets moved to a corner where he would be a very, very good corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, I, I think that he could play a capable center field in the big leagues. There, there are guys who played center field where he, in the in the major leagues that you're like, I can't believe that guy's playing center field. There's so much data and information and and, and tendencies that outfielders and defenders in general can use to, to position themselves that if you have good instincts, you don't need to have 70 or 80 speed or, or anything like that. So I think he has a chance to be a solid center fielder in the big leagues. We're, we're in this weird spot where we're kind of having these conversations about Cedric Mullins, right? Where the range is amazing, but the arm is limited. You know what I mean? So we've been like, well, maybe he would be better off at a corner outfield spot. And maybe when Colton Cowser is ready, that's what you do to move him over. So I, it's just sort of trying well, to figure I think out. It's a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it depends on what, what it is you want from your center fielder. Like I, you know, I wouldn't move Cedric set, set Mullins out of center field just because of a below average arm. Yeah. You know, no, his range it's is unbelievable. Not, I mean, it's incredible what his range right. is. It, it, I, I personally, for me, I want a center fielder who's going to cover a lot of ground uh, and, and, and make plays and, and help pitching out that way. Uh, I'm not too worried about whether he throws guys out on the base paths or anything like that. Uh, it's not like it's at a point where, uh, you know, runners are taking huge advantage of his weak throwing arm. I mean, you could move him to left field. The problem with that, of course, is that there's so many stadiums now where which corner do you put him in? You know, I live in Pittsburgh and PNC Park is backwards, right? Normally the strong arm guy goes in right field, but there's a short, there's a short wall. So what do you do with that? So, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much uh, about that's the one tool that I, I don't worry too much about in, in center field. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's more about the range and the instincts. Where are you at with Heston Kerstead at this point, after seeing him get back last season, after seeing him have a heck of a fall, obviously out in Arizona, where, where's your confidence level that Heston Kerstead is on track to be something as a major league baseball player? Yeah, we debated this one for a while because we all saw him in the fall league and there become, you know, there, there's always the fear uh, of a little uh, familiarity bias mm-hmm. uh, and recency bias. And we, we, we've been covering the fall league long enough to know that you don't put too much stock one way or the other, uh, whether, you know, with a good or bad performance out there. That said, given how much baseball time he missed, um, it's encouraging that he struggled down the stretch and then, uh, you know, he struggled the, the, the latter half of this, what was his first full season and then turned it around. Um, I think who we saw in the fall league is more in line with who we saw before the pandemic shut everything down in 2020. Uh, we wouldn't put him on the top 100 if we didn't feel confidence that what we saw in the fall is more in line with who he can be. Now we'll see what happens. I, I think you know, there was a lot of rust to shake off. Yep. Um, 
but I encourage Orioles fans to go see him, uh, you know, assuming he's in Bowie because he plays as if he missed three years of baseball or what do you two years of baseball? Um, there's, there's a joy and passion that he plays with that's infectious and, and the tools are there. And it's just a question of him continuing to get the reps that he missed. Um, so even though he's, you know, a touch older, um, you know, from a development standpoint, he's really kind of just getting started. D.L. Hall is also going to graduate from the list here in a minute. Just, I, are, are, I think a lot of people are accepting now that D.L. Hall, in fact, I don't really know where there would be room for him in the Orioles rotation at this point. Um, it, it, are you kind of at the point where D.L. Hall is really more of a maybe back-end bullpen guy in the next few years? I think at least for now, in terms of the role that he'll have with the Orioles, yes. Um, you know, if we were 100% convinced or the industry, the scouting industry was 100% convinced that he was only going to be a reliever for the remainder of his career, then I'm not sure he'd be on our top 100. Uh, it's very rare for us to put a relief pitcher, yeah. uh, you know, in, on that list. Uh, but, you know, a little sort of peeking behind the, the curtain, he was not on our list initially. And then we got a bunch of, external feedback, you know, from scouts from other teams who advocated to add him because the stuff is just so good. And I think they feel that there's still things to unlock and things that he can do from a command standpoint, which is really the only thing that's holding him back. So, you know, it used to be that it was a kind of not unusual development path for a young pitcher to break in, in the bullpen and then get moved into the rotation. You don't see that happen as much anymore. Um, so there's still a chance of that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being, you know, uh, uh, you know, a closer or a multi-inning guy, you know, sort of like a Josh Hader, maybe, you know, a guy who just comes in and shuts the door. Uh, and that obviously has huge value. No question. Game. Oh, a hundred percent. It seems like the type of thing that the Orioles could still, I know the bullpen, the back end of the bullpen was a strength last year, but it seems like they could use that type of guy uh, this season and in the next couple of years. Jonathan, before I let you go, I know you guys are going to do new top 30 lists. Are we going to start to see the impact of any of the Orioles' international signings at all when we, when we see the next top 30 for the Orioles? Impact in terms of like where uh, they uh, are uh, on the list? Yeah, players you're starting gonna, to be really yeah. be on the radar. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to start seeing guys creep up a little bit more. I think this is a year where you're going to see some of those guys, if they perform, jump up, and that's going to be the next wave of Orioles guys probably to, to hit the top 100. The draft has been doing all the work, um, and it takes some, you know, those international guys are so young yep. um, that I think uh, that take, can take a little more time. But it wouldn't surprise me if you saw one or two of them have huge breakouts this year looking forward to uh, finding out more about those guys jonathan mayo at jonathan mayo on twitter of course mlbpipeline.com to see their top 100 list smart wrong and lucky coming this july we'll look forward to uh, getting our hands on that and diving in and then chatting with you more about it anything else i can plug for you sir i think you hit all of it thanks Glenn. jonathan always appreciate it man thank you for taking the time for us this morning anytime Take care. Jonathan Mayo, MLB.com, MLB Pipeline with us here on GCR going over that list. And, you know, there's not like a huge takeaway necessarily for me because most of it is stuff that we knew. Like, I think that we still have to see. 
I am still at least a little bit interested in if the Orioles are hellbent on seeing Gunnar Henderson be a shortstop, right? Like, that's, that is a part to me that I still don't have an answer to. Or do they care deeply about that? Internally, does it matter significantly to them that Gunnar Henderson be a shortstop? We all know Jorge Mateo defensively is, is excellent, right? Like, we all like the idea of Jorge Mateo. But in them, and looking at sort of how this franchise is built for the next few years, do they think there is an inherent amount of value in him being at shortstop? So I'm interested in that. I'm interested in just what an impact Grayson Rodriguez can make. We're going to be doing for the next print issue of Pressbox. Of course, there's only a few days left to get this print issue of Pressbox with former number one overall prospect Adley Rutschman on the cover. You can go pick it up for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, under those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. I'm I, for the next print issue of Pressbox. Luke Jackson, our editor here, asked uh, a bunch of us to throw out some futures baseball bets that we would make this season and i'll you know there is an orioles related one that i put in in my group but one that i really stared down was grayson rodriguez's rookie of the year to the point that jonathan mayo brought up obviously gunner henderson is the favorite to be rookie of the year and i understand that but if grayson rodriguez is as good as everybody thinks he is The difference-making in somebody being a rock star pitcher is really quite relevant to me. Now, of course, we know there's going to be an innings cap for Grayson Rodriguez this year. We understand that he's not – if he, the Orioles are saying he's going to begin the year as a major leaguer. I believe that. But he's not going to start every fifth day all season. Or if he does, he's not going to pitch five innings every time he starts every fifth day for the entirety of the season. They're going to do something, whether that's – you know. In, an IL trip at some point during the season, whether that's skipping starts for him a few times, whether it's having somebody piggyback with him as he makes a three-inning start, whatever it is, they're going to do something gimmicky in order to handle his innings. But Grayson Rodriguez's ceiling might really prove to be the single most significant internal factor still with where this team can go into the next step of the rebuild. Again, externally, what they would still add to this, do they have a a huge trade to be made? Will they be willing to spend money on big-time free agents? Those questions are also significant. But internally, as far as what they have and how it impacts wherever they can get to, I don't know that anything is significant as what Grayson Rodriguez's ceiling truly proves to be. If Grayson Rodriguez is a you know a, a good major league pitcher, that's a that's a great thing. Remembering that Grayson Rodriguez was not a number one or even a top five, top ten pick, if you turn that into someone who is a quality major league starter in a vacuum, that is a triumph. But considering there's not a lot pitching-wise, it's the bigger, you know, the, the thing that we talked about, Dan Connolly, I think, was the first to kind of write about it years ago for The Athletic, that within the framework of this rebuild, we know the Orioles just didn't draft 
pitchers. They drafted bats. And so the reality is there's if it ain't Grayson Rodriguez, there's there doesn't appear to be another internal candidate to be a top of the rotation pitcher, an ace, if you will. There might be no more pressure on anyone. And maybe pressure is the wrong word, but there might not be anyone whose reality is more significant to the overall picture of the next phase of this for the Orioles than Grayson Rodriguez. Because even if he succeeds as a quality pitcher, even if he becomes a Chris Tillman type, and remember for for stints, Chris Tillman was a was among the best pitchers in the American League. But if he doesn't become that sort of true ace, can the Orioles become competitive to win a World Series? The answer would probably be they'd have to find another way to get it, and that's that just ain't easy. Those guys don't regularly become available. So I'll be clearly compelled by that as the season goes on and seeing exactly what Grayson Rodriguez could be. Appreciate Jonathan Mayo taking the time for us, as always, and going over their top 100 list. All right. Um, we still have a lot to do on the program today. Jeremy Kahn's going to join us. We're going to talk about, of course, stay with baseball. The Angelos family lawsuit has gone by the wayside. What does that mean exactly? I, I don't know. It, it feels like it's a good thing. Like, it feels like that's what you would want. I don't think anybody thought it was a good thing that the brothers that owned the baseball team were suing each other. That seemed like it was hurtful. But does this tangibly mean anything moving forward? We're going to try to get to the bottom of that. Jeff Barker from the Baltimore Sun um, has been covering a lot of this and Masson and all of those things over the years. So he's going to check in with us in just a bit to tell us a bit more. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Ah, aha, I know it is. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. And he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. I don't know. Have we checked on Grinder? I don't maybe maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea you, if that's the case. You got a big following on there? I don't know, man. It's it's Paul said it, not me. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, back in here on GCR. No, Dave, I am not going to allow myself to get uh, caught up in any of the so yesterday, big trade, of course, in the NBA. Kyrie Irving goes to the uh, Mavericks, and uh, he joins up with uh, Luka Doncic, and that's interesting, I guess. What is that? What are we doing there? What? It's my it's my Porg from Disney World. What is a Porg? It's a Star Wars character. If you say so. Why? It's are, the little bird thingy. Why do you want so it in the studio? What's the? Well, because it goes. So I, I you walk around with it on your shoulder like this. Well, that's the that's the Remy was the big thing. Right, like yeah, everybody yeah. had a little well, Remy from Ratatouille I, on their shoulders. I mean, I love Remy, love Remy, but I had Re- to go with the pork when I got to Star Wars World, <sighs> Star Wars Land. So so yeah, Griffin's a child. I always have to remind well, myself of that. Griffin uh, Griffin's six. Or I can do this, or like I can that. do it like this. No, no, no. You don't have to do any of these things. I don't know. It it feels like you came in for show and tell today. <laughs> like, I, look, I bought it. You got me. It's on me. Yeah, you completely got me to derail the show to ask about the bird. It's apparently support. Sure, it is. I believe you. Similar. It's so funny. Well, you got a new hat. You got a new hat. You don't understand. The only reason I'm wearing this hat is because uh, my 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 sister made us all Star Wars T-shirts to wear, and I forgot mine. And so my wife was so mad at me about it (laughs) that she said, "The day that we're at Star Wars Land." You have to get something Star Warsy to wear, and the children pick this out for me to wear this whatever hat this is. So uh, I, of course, always wear my Spider-Man hat, which I actually love. That was a gift from my kids years ago, and I wear it because it's. Th- I want them to see it, and whenever they look, and they know that I'm thinking about them, and it's a whole thing. It's 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 very meaningful to me, that despite the this, beside the fact that I love the Miles Morales, you know, Spider-Man hat. Um. But they don't care nearly as much about this one. I just so happened to forget my hat on the way out the door this morning, and laying in the car. My hair was a mess. I was convinced that my hat was in the car because normally when I go to the gym, I take the hat off and then I just leave it in the car to wear it the next day. I guess yesterday because I went right from the gym to 105.7, I I didn't care. I just wore the hat, so I I wore it inside last night on me. And so this was the only hat that was in the car, so I put it on. I don't care even a slight bit 
about this stupid hat. Oh, this come on. does nothing. It's pretty cool hat. I like the hat. Sure. Well, you know what? You can have it. Really? I'm not kidding. It's zero for Throw me. it up behind me. Yeah, sure. You, you really wanted to put over. What is, what is that called? It's a Porg. A Porg. Yes. You really wanted to put it over on the day. It's on me. I bought I bought into it. I gave you your moment for whatever. Star Wars Land was great. Is. It was... If you care about Star Wars, yeah. I bet it's really cool. If you care about... And my kids love Star Wars, so they had the time of their life. I, of course, do not care at all. Not it's, even it's a little bit. Like, it's just never been... I've said this a million times. I don't, I don't... I'm not trying to tell you that I think it sucks. I don't... I just... It's not for me. It's not my thing. Everybody's got things that are their things and aren't their things. I'm... I love Spider-Man. I love things that kids like. I... I thought the Ram- the Ratatouille ride was neat. And oh, I'm yeah. not I don't really care about that. It's a, my my son wants to be a chef, so we love Ratatouille because of that because it, it matters to him, mm-hmm. but I don't care about it deeply in any way. But he loved it, so I loved it. I don't care at all, not even a little bit. Not even the two things that my kids are into that I, you just can't get me to care about. My my older son's 8th birthday was yesterday. Somebody got him a I think I think we might have gotten it for him. A Pokémon What's up, Jonathan? A Pokémon trivia game. And when he opened it, I said, son, you're going to have to find somebody else to play that with because it will not be your pal dad. That will not be happening at any point. Take it to school, invite some friends over, do whatever you want to do, but it ain't going to be your dad. He's not going to be the one playing the Pokemon. I have done a lot of dumb things, but you cannot get me to pretend to care about Bulbasaur or whatever the F Bulbasaur, these Bulbasaur is a good one. Great. You can come over and play the Pokemon trivia game, Griffin. <laughs> Though you, we would play a you recess my, game. When we had indoor recess, when we were lit, when I was in like elementary school, yes. we would we had like a big like Pokedex basically book, and yes. we we would say the Pokemon name, and we would all try to guess the weight of the Pokemon. You, what is wrong with? We you? were like seven, eight years old. God, this was our this was our indoor recess game. It was well, that you know what my son's eight now, and that's what he's going to be doing, I guess. <laughs> uh, by the so way, it was a fun game. Did you do the Avatar ride? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. That look, I don't I care like, at all about Avatar. Like it doesn't do. I I I I watched. Most of the first, not even most, some of the first movie, it did not interest me in even a little bit of a way. It's the coolest ride I've ever been on. Oh, yeah. It's I agree. awesome. How long did it's, you have to wait in line? I mean, we did, I told you, we had to buy all the, we had, you bought, I, okay, I, you can't, got a fast I can't have okay. a, a six-year, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old waiting in a three-hour three hour long line. How, how, the, the length of the movie. I can't do that. Like, it's not an option. I had to pay for all of the lightning lanes and fast passes and all of that crap because if we had... Imagine a five-year-old standing in a three-hour-long line for something. Imagine it. We had a fast pass. I still had to wait an hour for Splash Mountain because we didn't know it was closing the week that we were down there, and everybody was freaking out about it. Oh, it was a nightmare. Anyway, um, yes, Kyrie Irving goes to the Mavericks from the Nets. He wanted out. Josiah said, yep, I'll give it to you, except for the team that you want to go to. Wouldn't let him go to the Lakers to team up with LeBron James. Um, the next question logically is what happens with Kevin Durant? And one of the reports yesterday was that the Suns apparently offered Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and picks to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving. So we were all of the belief that the Suns were in on Kevin Durant this offseason when we thought that Josiah was trading him then. So the question becomes... Could they get back in on him? And as someone who admittedly is a Phoenix Suns fan, I, I don't want to let myself get caught up in that, but I promise you I'm very caught up in that. I am, oh, man, that would be so great. But 
I don't believe it's going to happen. I just don't think that's going to be the case. The West is really interesting because, like, the Nuggets are so far ahead of everybody, but does anybody really believe that the Nuggets are that much head and shoulders above everybody in the playoffs? I think it's way more of a crapshoot, and I absolutely think the Mavericks could be a team that's inching closer to being a team to beat, especially, you know, with Steph Curry getting hurt again. Like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. What we'll definitely see about is some news related to the Baltimore Orioles. As this morning we get word, uh, Jeff Barker is joining us right now from the Baltimore Sun, that the Angelos family lawsuits have been dismissed. They are all off the table. How does that happen? What does that mean? Let's see if this man can help us out a little bit with it. Uh, a man that, of course, I've known for a long time. He was uh, covering the University of Maryland once upon a time, and we used to chat with him a lot back then. He has been at the center of a lot of the Masson stuff and the stadium stuff and now the lawsuit stuff for the Baltimore Sun. He is our friend Jeff Barker. He's with us on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, sure, Glenn. Yeah, for all of our history, I didn't know you were a Suns fan. So i got to say one thing. I, I worked for the Arizona Republic at one I time. I know that. My, 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 my favorite sporting event I ever covered was – 93 Chicago Stadium, oh, Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley against Michael Jordan and the Bulls, man. I, I love that series. So, Jeff, I moved out there for a job at, uh, at 101.5 KZON in 2006 after growing up wow. there. And I was immediately thrown into the Mike D'Antoni-era Suns teams, the uh, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion teams. It was so much fun. As you know from being in Phoenix, it's the only team out there anybody actually cares about, right? Like, Uh, the the other teams exist, but nobody cares out there. The Suns, they live and breathe over, and the atmosphere was electric. And Mike D'Antoni was the most accessible person I've ever... Mike D'Antoni would tell you, hey, if you want me to call into your show this afternoon, just text me in the morning. I'll do it. Like, (laughs) Mike D'Antoni, the coach of the Phoenix Suns, was doing it. Man, it was just the best time I could have ever asked for. So I have a great admiration for them. But I did not know that about you. How about that? How about that? Yeah, I know. Well, one of these days we'll catch up and we'll talk talk Phoenix. Um, Let's talk about this because it's something that people actually care about around here. Mm -hmm. What is how does this happen? What is this like? I I, I read through your story and and I mm-hmm. like I, what, yeah. What would occur to make something that was so explosive go away mm-hmm. kind of so quickly? Yeah, I know it kind of it, it kind of disappeared as surprisingly and quickly as it appeared on June 9th, the day I remember. Well, yeah. So the the short answer is that we don't know because, as you know, they these things they just don't talk about settlements. I mean, all I can tell you is that there were some events leading up to this that that they could have had a bearing on them settling. I mean, one of them is that Louis Angelos lost a um, a decision in court that was kind of a big one, but it wasn't even directly related to the Orioles. It was that he, he had control. He had asserted control of the old Angelos law firm and, and lost a, a, a big court decision where they, they essentially stripped him of his control of the law firm and they put a conservator in charge. So did, did that mean that he felt like I'm going to lose this claim for, were crumbling a little bit and, and wanted to, you know, maybe, but the other thing is too, that then he came back, as you know, and he filed, he kind of doubled down and filed a very strong amended complaint recently that made more accusations about John and, and his mother. 
maybe there was something in there. I, I'll say this. The one thing you know is this isn't good for either side. There's always inducement to settle because these, these, this family was just, they were spilling family secrets, you know, and making accusations and, and nobody, nobody enjoys that. Jeff, one of this part of this is why I find it so absurd whenever anybody like an Orioles fan tells me they're worried about the team moving to Nashville. I'm like, do you understand that Major League Baseball allowing a, a group of people that has been such a pain in their ass, right? <laughs> like, I, I, I get that we have fear in this city and that there are still scars that exist from the Baltimore Colts. Like, and I'm respectful of that. But this ownership group, whatever you feel about them as an Orioles fan, Major League Baseball has been infuriated by them. They have sued each other. They've embarrassed the game. They've been involved in lawsuits with another team. The idea of Major League Baseball turning around and saying, but we're going to gift you a very desirable market instead is so absurd to me. I can't believe it even continues to sort of linger in the ether. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not going to happen. I never thought it was going to happen. And, and and there's there's even there's even other reasons why, which is that why would Major League Baseball give up a market like Nashville or Charlotte or Las Vegas or wherever to relocate a team when it can expand, which is what it wants to do and get a huge expansion fee right. from new ownership, right? They're, they're not going to do it. And, and also they have no interest, it, you know, it, it, it's, I don't think it would be a good luck for them if, if the Orioles relocated anywhere. Plus they, plus major league baseball loves Camden yards as everybody does, but they just don't. Yeah. They're, they're everyone. Every source I, I've heard repeat, says the same thing. Major league baseball has no interest in that at all. Well, and you'd be leaving $600 million on the table. Like, and I get it. This hey, is, this is exactly. baseball. You can get $600 million probably somewhere else, but that doesn't mean that you just, like Oakland's not giving you $600 million at the moment. The idea right. of just turning down $600 million in free money is patently right. absurd. Yeah. Pub- public, public money, which as you know, it, is, it's a lot, the sentiment has changed. It's a lot harder yes. to get these huge outlays of public money than it was when, you know, when Camden Yards was built. So I agree. I mean, the, you know, the, the, I don't think the Angelos family wants to move the, the fan Baltimore certainly doesn't want to lose the team and major league baseball doesn't want them to leave. So, so why would they leave? I don't, it's not going to happen. He's Jeff Barker from the Baltimore sun. He's with us here on GCR. Jeff, it is the logical assumption at this point that this is the step that was necessary in order to get to a sale, or is it still like it's interesting to me that John Angelos has made the statements that he's made about a second renaissance in Baltimore and and the effort that he's putting in to to make sure that this lease agreement involves the stadium district and they don't just accept the five year like lease agreement that could have continued business as usual. Because it would seem like a lot of effort to be putting into something that you're just going to turn around and sell afterwards. Like everybody keeps assuming sale, but I don't know. The effort that John Angelos is putting into being involved with this process just leads me to wonder if he doesn't really want to somehow try to be the owner of the Orioles for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not going to say this because we've known each other a long time. But I. I agree with you so much on what you're saying, and and that's that's based on on talking to people. I think that's exactly right. I mean, he, you know, think about this, that, that when, when, when they didn't 
that when they opted not to sign the the the, the five year lease option, that I I wrote in my story from 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 sources that they said we want instead a long term agreement. But that okay, so people could say, well, that's not re- they don't really want that. Whatever they, they actually, you know, it, I actually put in my story. They they think there's a chance they can get a long term deal by the All Star break. So if 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 you you know if you weren't really intent on getting a long term deal, then why wouldn't you sign the five year option? And and why would why would you allow it to be put out there that you think you can even get a deal in you know by July something like that's right. a very you know what I mean that's a very specific kind of target. Maybe they even made a mistake by saying it because it's a target they might not be able to reach because leases are complicated. But, but I've always felt that they, that they want, they, that they, that they won't sell and, and that John Angelos would like to continue to, you know, to, to be in charge of the club and, and, you know, and, and probably be the owner when his dad passes on. And, and it seems like he's looking to create new revenue streams, right? Like as, as much as he can say the right things. And I don't, you know, I have, I'm not trying to say that I don't think John wants what's best for Baltimore because I do believe for ever, all of the knocks on Peter, we also know that he is a philanthropist, and we do know that John Angelos is someone, if you know his politics and the way that he feels about uh, the city, I believe that he wants to do good things for the city. I, I, I mean that. I genuinely believe that. But it seems like the idea of a stadium district and, you know, it, it just feels like it would be a new revenue stream for a small market team and and someone who wouldn't be among the wealthiest owners in all of baseball to create a pathway to keep him as a viable major league baseball owner moving forward. Right. And so I agree. And so when I, when I've said this in the past that I think a, the Orioles aren't going to leave and B, I think that the Angelos family wants to, wants to keep the team that people say, you know, yeah, yeah people say Barker's being naive. He, he's buying the, the party line, but, but, but no, you, you gotta, just, just as you say, you have to look at, at all, the whole environment around this team, which is, yeah, it's rare in dollar and free money. You know, they, as you, you mentioned, the arts district, they, they want to completely change that whole area that's, you know, emerging around Top Golf and MT Bank Stadium, et cetera. Um, and by every indication, you know, John Angelos, who was, who was raised in Baltimore, and and regardless of what you can say about his dad, and there's there's a lot of criticism you can level at him. The one thing you can't say is that he wasn't dedicated to Baltimore, and and so yeah, you can you know you you can assume, and maybe that's not the right word, but but you know you can think that John would like his dad also have some loyalty to Baltimore. Hey Jeff, I know I need to let you go in a minute. You mentioned the the timeline that July might not be practical, but based on the decision to not opt in to the the five year lease agreement, like th- this does have to be a little aggressive, doesn't it? And I, and I know that the Angelos, you know, they they have a pretty good relationship with Wes Moore, and that could probably help right. in this process. But it, it it does need to be soon ish, doesn't it? Yeah, no, that, yeah, I I agree. Now, they ha- now, granted, as you know, they've been at this for a while, right? So so that so my understanding is they're actually reasonably far along. And and I think they would have to be for for them to to get that word out there that hey 
we, we'd like to do this by the all-star break, but if not, we're pretty confident we'll get it done by the end of the calendar year. And if, and if we, if we were close to missing that deadline, we would just do another two year extension. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of specifics in there, which they, they didn't need to put out there if they were just kind of being squirrely. Uh, we are linking up the story on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio, and of course you can follow him on Twitter at Son Jeff Barker. Jeff, I apologize that it's been this long since we've had a conversation, my friend. I'm going to be in touch. Uh, I'll shoot you a text privately. I'd love to get together sometime soon and chat more with you. Really appreciate you hopping on with yeah, us and trying to make some sense of it, man. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, hey Glenn. Good to catch up with you again. Thanks, brother. Jeff Barker, Baltimore Sun, with us here on uh, GCR, and you know. Again, I, I, I can't see the future. And I'll give the, the Ted DiBiase line, right, the million-dollar man. Everybody's got a price. I, I'm not saying there's no way that John Angelos is selling the Orioles. It's just in the lengths that he's going to stay involved. Again, could just be about him thinking that he's creating the most valuable franchise that he possibly can for a sale. That he's that bullish about himself or he already has somebody in mind to sell the team to and he's working with them and what they want like there's a there's other scenarios by which it can make sense but knowing john angelos and i you know i want to be careful about that i don't know him well i wouldn't even say i know him as well as stan we had the conversation with stan on friday i've had a number of conversations with john angelos i i think i've told you guys publicly that I've enjoyed some of the conversations with John Angelos. That doesn't mean that I think that he's done everything right. I obviously think he screwed things up. At the press conference a couple weeks ago, I thought that was a a big miss. I thought everything about it was handled poorly. Just because I've enjoyed conversation with John Angelos doesn't mean that I don't think there aren't things that they've gotten very wrong. And in general, that Orioles fans haven't deserved to be caught up in all of this drama. But I am also sympathetic to the complications of it, right? Like, with Peter Angelos being in poor health but still alive, it does complicate things. There's kind of no getting around that. We don't have to like it, but it still remains fact. Knowing John Angelos, it wouldn't stun me if he thinks there is a path forward for him being the owner of the baseball team. And he wants to find new revenue streams, and he wants to maximize everything that he possibly can to be the owner of the team. Again, could also very well be that he's just trying to maximize things for a sale, that he's just trying to maximize things for getting the most value that his family possibly can get. But I just wouldn't be stunned if the answer ultimately is we think we can make ourselves viable financially if we do this, this, and this, and we are a significant part of things changing downtown, and I get $600 million from the state, add it all up, we might be able to do this. Probably would still need some more partners, probably would still need you know a little bit of investment help. But it wouldn't stun me. I think all of us would agree that we kind of like this settled one way or another. 
it's it's terribly uncomfortable because it just sort of feels like you're waiting for someone to die, and that's an awful, awful thing. It's so macabre and and wretched because as much as we don't like Peter Angelos, you're still talking about a human being. And as I said before, and I was reminded, as much as we all dislike Peter Angelos, there are people in town whose opinions are much different about Peter Angelos. There are people in town who have benefited from Peter Angelos's philanthropy. We know that. As a as a baseball fan, you don't want to have to think about all those things. You just want to have to think about like it, is there a world where the Orioles can add another pitcher? Like that's the type of stuff you want to think about. I haven't even really I, I know I dove in on next year's free agent class at one point, but I've already forgotten who all was part of next year's free agent class and like that's what you want to think about as a baseball fan. Is can you take the next step, make the playoffs this year, then add another piece that puts you over the top the next year? That's the type of stuff you don't want to think about this. So it's frustrating, but it's relevant and it is relevant that they dismissed the lawsuit. Like it it it's one less complicated part about the overall picture. That's I guess as much as I can say about it. There's one less part that's complicating things. Did you pull up the list? Shoyo Tani is a free agent. That is that is very compelling, isn't it? <laughs> that is very compelling. Marcus uh, Stroman, um, you Darvish. Yeah, I mean, Hun- I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying no. <laughs> like, I'm not saying Charlie I'd, Morton. Those uh, any, Lance any, Lynn. Any um, young guys or no? I'm trying to think of like any any middle of the order bat types because I still like again it was like as I talk about what's relevant this season. Ryan Mountcastle is very much to me under the microscope this season. Like I and I. I hate saying that because on the whole, I think Ryan Mountcastle is a pretty good baseball player. But I've said a million times, I don't know that you can just promise first base to someone that isn't a true middle-of-the-order game-changing bat. And Ryan Mountcastle is a, a solid middle-of-the-order bat. But, and, you know, the answer might very well be that Ryan Mountcastle could be your first baseman and you could find that guy as a DH instead or you could find that guy as a, a corner outfielder if at some point you decide that Austin Hayes isn't the answer, right? Like, there are other ways to inject a true middle-of-the-order bat if you think Ryan Mountcastle is is a good enough hitter that you don't want him out of your lineup and there's nowhere else for him to play, right? Like, we've accepted it at this point. He's either going to be a first baseman or a DH, and he's played a pretty solid first base. And his bat's good enough that you want him in the lineup. Any of those middle of the order? Uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. Josh Donaldson. <laughs> a lot of these guys are old. Josh Bell. Jo- Josh Bell could yeah, opt Josh out, Bell. right? Did mm-hmm. I see that he could opt out after J- this Jock season? Josh Peterson, um, Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, um, to Oscar Hernandez. Yeah, I mean, Mac Mun- Max Muncy. Look, I'm, there's guys in there that I'd be interested in, but not like Matt Chapman. Yeah. Okay. Hunter Renfro. Okay. Reese Hoskins. That's what we want to be talking. We'd rather be having yeah. baseball conversations in Baltimore is the point. That's sort of where I'm at. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. You're thinking about a career change. 
maybe you, someone you know, recently graduated from high school and has been struggling to launch. There's lots of great great opportunities with the Baltimore County Police Department. Cadets started over $30,000 a year. New officers or lateral officers started over $60,000 a year. You've been looking for a change of pace within your career. You want to be the change that you want to see within local policing. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring, and they are looking for you. JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website for you to find out more. Uh, still to come, Jeremy Kahn is going to join us. A couple other things that were left over. I, we can spend five seconds talking about the Pro Bowl. It's five more seconds than talking about the Pro Bowl deserves, but sure, we can do it. Next, it's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Back in here on GCR as we continue on a Monday edition of the program. Um, look, the Pro Bowl thing, whatever you want to call it, was going on while we were doing the show yesterday, which was nice because of all of the events that I can use every time, you know, like any remote 
avoidance of temptation to even look at, the Pro Bowl is very high up on the list. I have no, I have no interest. Zero, none. I don't know why they thought they needed to turn it into a flag football game. Like, I, the idea that hey, the football's bad, so let's make it worse. Like, it was always very confusing to me. At least it was a football game. Like, at least you understood how it worked. You knew what the rules ish were. Like, you 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 understood that part when it was a football game. So, I don't know why everybody complained about the football being bad. Of course the football was being bad. I never understood why their answer to, we got a problem, the football is bad. And they said, I'll tell you what will fix it. Make it even worse. What? Like, in what world is that a solution? Now, there are two things that I got. I, again, I need to make this. I did not watch any of it. I saw a couple things on Twitter. Uh, 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 the Tyler Huntley hit a drone with a football. God I bless did. him. I saw I guess Jalen Ramsey tackled Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yeah. God bless. I, that was a big highlight, I think. Whatever. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't see any highlights from the flag football game. I did not see any. Mar- I Marlon Humphrey was eating chicken nuggets on the side. That's the only I thing think. I saw. Yeah. And he dipped his barbecue sauce and his honey mustard together, which should probably nullify any. Whenever we trash Marlon Humphrey about his food takes, I think we should know the source. This is the man that thinks he knows a thing or two about food. And I saw that the internet was dunking on him, and rightfully so. The way that he was dunking his chicken nuggets, they were dunking on him. Um, two interesting things that came up to me yesterday that were brought up by people that I... I had some gay friends who were very into watching a flag football game. And I realized it's because they don't get to see everyone's faces during a normal football game because they're wearing helmets. So maybe the NFL is on to something that in a weird way for marketing, for branding, for players trying to add to their value in some bizarre way, it's good to have an event where everybody gets to see their faces. Is there a way to... I might argue that the better way of doing it is just playing a football game, but taking off the helmets. A lot of people have talked about this over the years, that the one way you want to really legislate headshots out of the game, take off the helmets. And you know that headshots will get out of football immediately because nobody is going in head skull first to try to make a tackle. They do it because they think they're protected by their helmet. You get rid of them immediately. It was an old school thought. We all know better that you wouldn't do it. But if you understand that it's a game that's going to be played without real tackling to begin with, then maybe you could just play a football game without helmets. Or maybe you could just play a football game in general. Like I think we've all played tackle football games like at the neighborhood or on Thanksgiving or wherever it is with our friends we're like we can understand that we are just weekend warriors and you could play a weekend warrior quote unquote tackle football game at the pro bowl i don't know but it was interesting to me and it might not just be my gay friends maybe women were into that too that the idea of the appeal of seeing football players and what they actually look like and maybe they can do transparent helmets yeah i don't know about any of that i think we're thinking too hard now i think we might be trying a bit too hard at that point that, that was interesting to me. Also, people did seem to enjoy some of the skills stuff. I, the idea that the NFL would get rid of the Pro Bowl in favor of the skills competition, people, it'll never be for me. I'll never be that guy again. That's for kids. I don't watch the slam dunk or the three-point contests any longer. I stopped that years ago. There's something else that I can watch. Do you know how much content we have available to us? There's something else I can watch. 
I watched you people. I actually enjoyed it, by the way. I, the, the ending stinks, but all the other stuff that everybody was mad about, like I, I think it was done in an attempt at comedy, and I appreciate that. I mean, Reed and I had a nice conversation about it yesterday. The ending was dreadful. I mean, just wretched. The, the, they created two villains in the film and then immediately allowed them to be the heroes and made the, uh. the two protagonists look like idiots in the process. I mean, it was, there's a bigger problem. I don't know how I got there. Oh, the content. There's so much content. I watched the entire season of that 90s show. I'm not proud of it. It's mid. You got to catch up on Star Wars at some point. I'm not going to do that. That won't be happening. But there are other things that I still want to watch. There are other... I, I might at some point spend some time... I watched... You know what? I had never, I had never watched the Elvis movie until mm. recently. And I decided finally that I wanted to see what everybody was talking about with Austin Butler's accent and the whole thing. And does he deserve... And I want to watch some of the other Academy Award nominated films before the Academy Awards. I do like to be a little bit cultured. As you know, they call me Mr. Culture in a lot of circles. Culture Clark over here. Culture Clark. Exactly right. So I'm going to get on that. Don't get me wrong, but that's such a better way of spending my time. But people seem to enjoy the... Like the the I guess there was a trampoline catch competition of some sort uh, where guys were jumping off trampolines to try to do fancy catches. It's never going to do anything for me, but people enjoyed it and the players were down with doing it. Fine, do it. They got to figure out their TV windows for these things. It screwed everything up that, that the flag football Pro Bowl then pushed back the start of a basketball game, which then pushed back the start of the Ravens 30 for 30 last night. They got to figure out the TV yeah, windows. None of it's going to bother me because it all stinks. There's nothing they can do that's going to be good. It's never going to be for me. I didn't understand what the need to make it a flag football game. I can't believe how many people were in that stadium. I can't believe. You could not have paid me $20. Now, there's a number that if you had said, we'll pay you $100 to go sit in the stadium and watch this, I would probably say yes. I mean, depending on what my other options are for that day. Like, if I'm living in Vegas, what are my other options? But there's a number but it wouldn't have been 20 bucks. The idea, somebody said, well, it, it, I, I bet a lot of those tickets are given away for free. Even if they were free. I mean, I guess I Imagine. There's, it's Las Vegas. There's so many things going on. Vegas during the, I, I've never been to Vegas, so. There's what a lot do, to do. At like noon or when was the There's game? There's a lot throughout the course of the day. You can go, you know, check out the, the places that you're not staying at. Seeing all the entertainment there. There's a million things to do. Free tickets? Nope, not going. Paying me money? We'll talk about it. Still not a guarantee, but at least we'll talk about Maybe it. Maybe people never been to a... Well, it was a Legion Stadium. People never been there. I mean, if you want to see the stadium, walk in and walk out. You've that, seen the stadium now. Okay. Like, they stayed. There were people in the stands for the game. The game, whatever you want to call it. I Again, I don't care because it'll never be for me. I'll never be interested in it. You can never get me to watch it. There's just something better that I can do with my time. Like, there always will be something better that I can do with my time. There was – I was about to say I would rather watch golf. I'm not there. That's not <laughs> true. But, you know, it's not that far off either, right? Like, if you really said to me you got to choose between watching the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Pro Bowl, I'd – this is a hellish would-you-rather Wednesday. I'd watch the Pro Bowl, I guess. I, I'm sorry. I, God, I love you golf people. It, this is like what I feel about Star Wars. A lot of you like it. That's awesome. It will just never be for me. I've tried. It's like NASCAR. Next week we'll pretend because I got a buddy who's a crew chief, and I'm going to call him, and we'll have him on the show to talk about Daytona, and then I'm never going to watch because I've tried a million times. It ain't for me. Do not compare Star Wars to the Pro Bowl. I will. Pre- well, this. you know what? Don't. You know what? No. <laughs> now it's a real hell. What if I had to sit down and watch Star Wars or sit down and watch the Pro Bowl? Well, that's an easy one. 
I mean, no, I might choose the Pro Bowl. I no, don't why? I, don't. I, I, I did. My wife begged me you to go feel see. feel nothing watching the Pro you Bowl. You know what's really funny? My wife begged me to go see one of the spinoff movies with her because she couldn't get anybody else to go. And the solo movie. Mm. She begged me to go watch that with her. I had no interest, but I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I'd, we do things for the people that we care about. And I walked out of it. I was like, that eh, was fine. And then go. everybody right. that liked Star Wars was like, that sucked. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. So embarrassing. I'm like, you know what, man? You know, we're never. Rogue One. We're never going to be on. But it's Rogue not. One's my Griffin. favorite spinoff. I'm, I'm 40. 40. I'll be 40 in September. It's over. I'm not discovering suddenly. Mandalorian's four a good decade. show. Like, just four. as a show in I'm general. I'm sure it is. I'm not going to discover four decades in that deep down, secretly, I was always a Star Wars person. It just ain't happening. That ship has you sailed. Be a Star Wars, you can just be, you know, a fan of the story and what happens. I, there's, Andor, there's great There's something story else that there I'm going to end up one. watching. I'm going to choose to watch something. I haven't watched uh, uh, White Lotus, and I'm planning on doing that. Okay. I would like to watch. I would even be willing to give the I the, the the video game does nothing for me with The Last of Us, but I'd be willing to give The Last of Us a try because enough people have told me it's wonderful that I want to give it a try. I also I did this a couple years ago with The Wire. I would like to do another Sopranos start to finish rewatch um, because I don't know that I ever did a start to finish rewatch. I know that I watched the seasons like on DVD when they came out because as I try to explain to people your age, I'll never understand it. Like when TV shows were TV shows. If you missed one, you missed it. Like, if you had plans on a Sunday night, there was no watching it the next day. You just missed it. And then you had to wait or find out what happened or whatever it was. So, for us as fans of television shows, it was sort of disjointed. So, I would like to do, I did during the pandemic, a, a start to finish rewatch of The Wire, and I'd like to do it with The Sopranos at some point sometime soon as well. All of these things will take precedence over Star Wars, The Pro Bowl. Golf, NASCAR, all of these things. Just not going to happen for me. Not going to be the case. It was how, how did the Pro Bowl devolve into that conference? You said you wanted to talk about it, I think, when we went into break. <laughs> I said I was going to take five seconds to talk about it. Five seconds to discuss it was the plan. and uh, Shamefully, I ended up spending more than five seconds. <sighs> it's on me. I, ha I have nobody to blame but myself, honestly. No one at all to blame but myself for that. I've got a column up today at PressBoxOnline.com. It's all about Maryland basketball. I encourage you to go check it out right now. I'll tell you more about it a little bit later on. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. You see his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. You hear him every morning on the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. He is our friend Jeremy Kahn, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Dude, what is something that everyone is into, and you, try as you might, have just never been able to get into it? Oh, I, I mean, there's plenty of things that, like, I I really want to like sushi, and I don't like sushi. Okay. I can't, like, I tried one. it, like, a dozen times. Really? You just, and there's no taste for it at all? No, I just, I can't do it. Okay. I've tried raw, I've tried cooked, I've tried, I've tried everything, and it does not sit with me. Like, not, it's just a, like a lobster roll. Like, I love lobster. They fried it up, they put it in the roll, almost came right back up. Wow. I can't do it. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I hate parades. I hate fireworks. Okay. I hate, um, I hate Christmas. 
I hate white people. <laughs> Jesus. I hate, no, I'm I, no, sorry. I'm just, I, I started to ramble yeah, on there. I, I, things I, that I didn't know, mean to say. blacked out there but, uh, for a second. I, yeah. <laughs> I bring this no. up. I bring this up because I've acknowledged a few things. Like we've reached that point of the year where like golf and NASCAR become things because we don't have football. And like, I have mm-hmm. tried hellaciously the difficulty of being a white man in this business and not giving a rat's ass about golf is so overwhelming i have tried a million times to find some sort of interest in it i just can't i can't do it everybody asks me like what was it like being out in phoenix because this week is the scottsdale tournament that everybody gets drunk at they're like what was it like being out in phoenix and i'm like all i could think to myself the entire time i was there was how much i would rather be somewhere else they were like, well, it looks like such a party. I'm like, yeah, because you're drinking. You can drink anywhere. I didn't have to be at a golf tournament in order to drink. I could go yeah, anywhere. Waste, waste management is supposed to be fun, but you know how you make anything interesting? You gamble on it. Right. Correct. So it I, does help. I understand that. I know you've done really well. I understand that you have done extraordinarily well betting on golf, and I, I get that it would give me more interest, but I would still realize halfway through that I was watching golf, and I'd have to flip the channel to anything. That's just... I, I brought up, so the Pro Bowl is how this conversation began. Like, I just don't care what they do. I don't care if they make it a flag football game. I don't care. I'm never going to be into the Pro Bowl. It's just not something that I'm ever going to think it's a good way for me to sit down and spend a few hours on a Sunday afternoon because I, we live in the golden era of content. There is something better for me to spend my time watching. Well, no, and, and I agree. Like, I didn't even... Uh, I watch highlights from yesterday. I watched some of the Pro Bowl like competition and things that were going on. What was that Thursday night? I I wanted to watch. Like I love watching the quarterbacks throw, even though like I mean we all can say what we want. Tyler Huntley yeah, performed yeah, well. Let, I know. Let's, in the let's watch the twentieth. Let's watch yeah. the twentieth best quarterback in football yeah. and the thirty eighth best quarterback in football throw. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny. Like you could have you could have the same scenario with the NBA with the dunk contest. But at least some of these guys that we don't know can actually jump and do some right, things that right. you, you think maybe might be something new. Um, but even then, like the the dunk contest to me is kind of like jump the shark a little oh, bit. I'm, I don't I don't I'm, know how often we see too many new things with. Yeah, it, I'll never know? watch another dunk contest either. Like in fairness, like I, all of these things, I I I still every now and then poke in for like a little bit of the baseball all star game just because I get those like feels that I had as a kid for a second when I see everybody on the field. Then I remember about one inning in, I'm like, why would I watch this? Like, there's, this isn't good content either. I, th- just all-star games in general will never, to me, they're for kids if they're for anybody, right? Like, I, they want to do them, God bless them, do them. I'm not saying cancel them all. They're just not, it's okay for something to not be for me. Like, it's fine. Star Wars ain't for me. Everybody loves it. It's not for me. That's fine. I can accept that. Life can go on. You, You'll continue to get your joy in it, even though I don't get my joy from it. It's all right. Well, may the fourth be with you, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, but again, like, even if you find something that's for the masses that isn't for you, it's okay. Like, you don't have to, you know, and that's kind of how I am. Like, I've just started turning things off that I don't like, and and there are obviously things that I like that aren't for the masses. So, um like seeing myself naked. Those, right. That's not for a lot of people Hang to do. Hang on a second. There's that's for a yeah. lot of people have seen you naked though. So I guess no, in a way. Well, that's true too. It has yeah. been. I swear to God, I don't. You, you know how they do that thing on Facebook where they say like, "Hey, see what happened on this day last year, right? See what happened on yeah. this day." I don't look at it every day, but I, I do like looking at it. And yesterday was my son's eighth birthday, so I particularly was interested in looking back at pictures of him on his birthday over the years. 
And it took me back to like 14 years ago. And I don't even remember what, what I had posted, but someone I was friends with responded by saying, Glenn, there's nobody left that hasn't seen you naked at this point. And I was just like, wow. Imagine explaining to somebody who knows me today that that's who I was when I was 25 years old. Now, are you weirder now or back then? That's a good question, Jeremy. <laughs> it's a different type of weird. It's a different. Yeah. Like that's, I, that's me too. I'm. I'm. I think I'm less cancelable today. Although somebody would probably find something that says, "You know, did, did, did you pay attention in the morning that you and Jeremy got drunk? You're still pretty cancelable. <laughs> like we yeah. could still get yeah. you. I don't know. I. I think I would have been way. I would have been way more cancelable back then. But yeah. again, I, I feel like it's kind of like what went with the times and how things were and how different things are now. Did you happen to watch You People by chance on Netflix? So I've been, my wife was work. Like, I know it's a movie that she'll watch with me and she'll okay. enjoy. So no. So that might actually be tonight's uh, viewing pleasure um, is watching that. But I've been waiting for my wife to be off work so I could watch. Reed and I had a really interesting conversation about it. I, I enjoy, the, like the other stuff, everybody's complaining about it, but the stuff that they're complaining about doesn't bother me at all. Like I, I thought it was mm-hmm. actually pretty funny honestly like the the ending stinks i mean it's it's awful it's a horrible ending for the film but i enjoyed it and i had this like moment of clarity on friday night and i i have no doubt that we agree on this before i even lay it out to you because i just knowing you the way that i know you i i remember what it was like when we used to go to movie theaters and watch movies that weren't about superheroes and weren't about books or video games and like, they could just make a movie like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and we would all say, we're willing to drive to a movie theater and spend American dollars and say, my God, what a wonderful time that was. And it came up to me on, I think, Friday. It popped up on one of my apps. Like, hey, do you want to watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall right now? And I was like, son of a bitch, I do. You nailed it. I absolutely yeah. want to watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall at 1 a.m. on Friday night. How did you know? Or at least I'm going to watch deep enough into I've got a surprise for you. Like, I'm definitely going to do that. And I realized, like, the, those movies just don't exist anymore. Like, there's no... When was the last time you went to a movie theater to just watch a movie that was funny? And I think that was what I enjoyed so much about You People. Not that it was perfect. It wasn't perfect. But it was funny. It was a different kind of premise. It was something I hadn't seen before. I would have gone to a movie theater and been glad that I spent my time with You People. And I, re- I it, it made me sad that we probably will never do that again with movies like this. Yeah, I think of the last movie I did that with would have been, and now I'm trying to remember the, the name of it, but it was good something. It's about the kids that try to... Um, oh, get, yeah, like they the, break the young the, kids. They're like good boys or something. Oh, God. Good boys, that's yeah. it. It's good boys, yeah. I laughed my ass off at that movie. Oh, it was great. And we used to have kind of a... We had a pretty cool, uh, pretty good, uh, pretty cool like setup that we would do because uh, before I started working mornings and before the pandemic, one of my buddies ran a movie theater. So we would go every Sunday night and see what the new movie was, like the hot new movie that was out. And we would go see that um, on Sunday night with a, you know, in a, in a theater that didn't have many people. So it was always enjoyable. Dude. Um, and and like we're, we were all big movie buffs, so we do it all the time, but definitely for all the new funny movies. But I don't feel like we have those as much anymore. No. You know, like I, the same way you're talking about. So. It's over. Um, yeah, I definitely want to see you people and see what that's about. Dude, you should definitely watch it. I will go to the movie theater to see Cocaine Bear when it comes out, right? Like, that's an event film <laughs> that I'm going to spend time with, even though I know it'll be campy. I know it'll be 
it's it's snakes on a plane without quite as much hype as snakes on a plane, right? Like the phenomenon. Yeah, but that those we, snakes didn't do any cocaine. Let's be honest. Exactly. I mean, if the snakes had plane. done a little more cocaine, then I think that we would have had a better time. I'll go. But I just I don't know. I had that feeling of like lament as I was watching both of those movies last week. Like you people was worthy of being a movie theater experience, and then forgetting Sarah Marshall, which now I try to explain to somebody like, is forgetting Sarah Marshall on your list, Griffin? Have you seen forgetting Sarah? I Marshall? have not seen. God it, damn it! But I have like it, heard of it. Like put it higher movies. on the list. Put it higher on the effing list because it includes maybe the greatest scene in motion picture history. I swear to Christ, Peter, do you want to put some clothes on? Yeah, yeah. You're sitting on a fire truck. <laughs> I'm a pediatrician for crying it's, out loud. No, you, all you have to do is a, say it's, that, it's, it's and a, then I'm right it's, on it. It's, like, a, it's a beautiful dick, Peter. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful. Damn. <laughs> like, There's so how, many great lines in that movie. Griffin, oh. can, that, that's the crazy. Like Griffin's not ten. He's an adult, and he can't understand the joy that we had spending two and a half hours at a Cinemaplex watching Forgetting mm-hmm. Sarah Marshall. Because he'll never do that. He'll. Never, I got a movie all the time. But you don't get to see that type of movie. It's gone. You go to the movies now to watch $300 million budget films. You should go see Plane. I actually would like to see Plane. Gerard Butler. I would like to see Plane. I I had no expectations going in. I enjoyed it. I just like the fact that it's called Plane. I really love that. You would love it, I think. Yeah. The, and, and by the way, I just remembered the last movie I did see at the, the theaters that was a funny movie, and it was post-pandemic. It was the new Jackass, to which yeah. I'm sitting there laughing my ass off, yeah. and there's a black dude sitting about eight seats down from me, and he goes, white people, am I right? And I went, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you are. 100% even right. Though, <laughs> <laughs> even though they hired a couple of brothers for this movie. Right. It's, yeah, definitely, white people, you were yep. right. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. 100% accurate. <laughs> Uh, did you Laugh watch? Did you watch the thirty for thirty? I have not, so I, I've got it recorded. I'm, okay. I, I got to make sure it even recorded right, so hopefully I can just check it on demand. Yeah, it did because I know it didn't things start are dragging on with the basketball yeah. game. Yeah, that did become a problem. All right, we'll save that. We'll talk about that another time. Um, I, where are you with all of the Oriole stuff from the last week? Like with the lawsuit the, today? I, I let me give you this context, right? Stan a couple weeks ago was in here. We were talking about the Orioles off season. And I said, I don't have a problem with the Orioles offseason in the context of there as an organization, they still have a lot of question marks about who someone is within the next phase of this process, right? And what I mean by that is, is Anthony Santander really a long-term piece of this? Is Ryan Mountcastle really a true middle-of-the-order bat? Is Austin Hayes still an everyday Major League Baseball player for a good baseball team is Jorge Mateo the same right like I think there's enough questions there of guys you don't want to move on from but you're not fully committed to yet that this season I could understand them saying let's let's add a couple of pieces let's take some incremental steps but let's mostly use this season to separate the the guys that are from the guys that are not and then move forward from there and Stan and I were in agreement then he said and I trust that the Orioles if they're in it at the trade deadline, now we'll make a move. And then I said, ah, I don't know about that. Because it's the money side of it that still concerns me. When you have owners suing each other and you don't have a long-term lease at your ballpark and things like that. Like I, And I don't know if the owners are going to be the owners if they're trying to sell the team. Like I don't know if they would take on more money. I, I don't know if they would buy guys out of their arbitration years and give them big deals right now like I don't know if it's even plausible given the circumstances 
where are you with all of that separated from what's going on on the field? Yeah, so uh, a couple of things. Like, I, I'm glad this, this lawsuit stuff, well, hopefully it's, it's officially over, as they were stating. But um, but to your question, those three questions you asked in the row, the only one that I really believe is I do think Anthony Santander. What are, Anthony Santander. I don't know why it's so I do, hard to I do it say too. Sometimes. I do it, too. Anthony Santander. Because I'm trying to get the second part right that I say Anthony wrong. Um, no, but I do think he's going to be an everyday player and be, um, you know, be a, 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 a big part of this organization's future. I, I mean, I, I, I saw him get better leaps and strides last year from the previous year, at least in my opinion, um, in some of the more important numbers like OPS. Sure. He's focusing on the right thing. So, um, but with Mountcastle, I always thought that he might be a trade chip to a, another team. I don't think Austin Hayes will be here by the end of the year. And it's not because I don't like any of those guys and don't want to see him here. I just think that there's, the ultimate, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, where can we get better yep. realistically yep. without like overspending or just doing something egregious like, oh, my God, we can get another catcher. No, they're not going to pay for another catcher because they have Adley. Pay him. You know, so I and, and I think Gunner, I think Gunner takes a huge this year. I don't know where you at with your baseball predictions, but plus 300 to win rookie of the year. If he doesn't get hurt, I think he's a lot. I didn't I didn't choose that one. I I don't want to give it away. I, I chose the Orioles' win total. Like, I can't mm-hmm. – I, I can understand people thinking the Orioles might take a step back, but an eight-game step backwards when you've got a full season of Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, like – And I, Grayson will be here. Yeah, I don't – I don't I, – I, again, I know that it can happen. I understand it. But from just making a solid bet, that number felt really low to me at 74-and-a-half. Like, what – I, it almost felt like disrespectful at 74 and a half. I had to bite on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I get that too, because I, I feel like they're going to hit that number again. And I don't worry about that as much as uh, like some people may. And like, we asked the question today on the show, like what, uh, what are your expectations this year? And both Rob and Ed said expectations are playoffs for them. Yeah. And I said, I get that to me. That's a cherry on top. The one thing I would like to see this year is them make an addition at the trade deadline that's for now and maybe for the future as well, right. but not just one that's for the future trading for a prospect or trading away a player. Um, I'd love to see if they're making a move that betters the team today. Um, I'm talking about the major league roster. Then, then that's telling me something of where they think they're at in the grand scheme. of things. I, I am. I think that would be a dynamite thing for them to do. I just worry about like Cole Irvin. I'm good with, I, I think it was a pretty good move, but it was a move they would make because it didn't cost them anything. Like Cole Irvin's not mm-hmm. making real money. I just, it, until they spend real money. And I'm not even saying that, like, I think they're holding out. I don't know what the reality is of John Angelos and the Angelos family situation and mass in law. Like, I don't know how practical it is for the baseball team to be able to spend money. But I'm just in a weird place where until I see them do it, I'm going mm-hmm. to be nervous about whether or not I think they will. Yeah, and, I, and I'm wondering, like, how much uh, people realize, like, especially for a team. If the Orioles are going to be a small market team, you know, let's just say the Cole Irvin move makes so much sense of because course. you're talking about a left-handed pitcher that's not a big strikeout guy. On occasion, you'll see him get a six or seven K. But he's basically a pitch to contact guy. Keep the uh, you know keep the pitch count down low. Um, he can go deeper in the games, and with the defense he'll have behind him, I think I think it's a perfect fit. I, I I like it. I'm good. I am really am good with Cole Irvin. I don't. I'm not down on the Orioles off season in context, right? Like, 
yes, of course I would have preferred them to go out and get a bunch of really good baseball players, right? Like, it would have been wonderful if they had been the team that had gone out and added one of the top shortstops and a you know a top-notch pitcher and the whole thing. But on, on just grading it on a vacuum, I do think that they look a, they're a reason to believe these players are a little bit better than what they had last year, and then you add in those full seasons, I'm good with it. I just still would like to know it, what the next – like. It, it all, Reed and I were comparing. They, they declared that the rebuild was over on Friday. Mike Elias said the rebuild is behind us. And I believe him. Like, I don't think they're looking to purposely just strip away parts any longer. But I don't think they're into the final phase of this yet either. I think they're in some sort of weird, you know, phase two where there's still decisions to be made internally about pieces and they're not, they still think that not all of the guys are here yet that are ultimately going to be part of the team that's really going to have a chance to go on and win it, win something significant. Yeah, and, you know, like, that, that's, a, that's a big part, too, in what I was saying last year when we had all the arguments about, you know, do they bring Mateo back? Do they go after one of these top-notch shortstops? I think, you know, including myself, got a little ahead of myself because I expected them to spend some money this offseason, but right. they really haven't. They haven't gone out and made a cannonball splash. You know, they just dipped their toe in the water a couple of times. Um, but I do like the moves that they've made, considering where they think they're at. But I don't know, man. Like, how long does it take Jack, uh, Jackson Holiday to get to the majors? How long does it, like, is, is Gunner and Adley everyday players now that we've seen them? And I think the answer to that is yes. Yep. But, you know, you're still learning more and more about these young players. And I don't think you want to, you know, move a guy or, you know, pick up somebody and block somebody else, um, you know, if, if you think they could be an everyday player as well. And, you know, I think Mateo's probably gone after this year or at some point, but uh, we'll just have to wait and yeah, see. Yeah, especially with Westberg and Ortiz behind him. I probably mm-hmm. agree with that. Like, it, w- it would take him playing like he did in July for a, a – you know, if he did that for the first 90 games of the season, then let's let's revisit and have a conversation about Jorge Mateo then. But it's not like he's 23, right? Like, he is yeah. – the developmental part of this is probably gone for Jorge Mateo. We probably know at this point exactly what he is as a Major League Baseball player, which is a you know an exciting player, heck of a defender, obviously a base stealer, but you know limited so much so with the bat that I'm probably with you that I don't think he could be an everyday part of this story moving forward. But that's what we're going to find out. Uh, before I let you go, I'm, I wrote today about Maryland basketball. There's this weird thing that's happened in the last three weeks where like. Maryland basketball has kind of become must-watch to me, not because I think that they're going to go do something of significance this season, but because they're just good enough and outperforming my reasonable expectations enough that I, I am starting to buy into the idea that there's like a foundation that's being laid there by Kevin Willard. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need to kind of get your interest right. They, they play above board where you think they're going to be. Um, I, I really like the signing. We, we have coach uh, – we either have an assistant coach or Coach Willard on every week on the show and talk to him. And, like, dude, that guy's – he showed up every single time. Yeah. After the worst loss, after some of the best wins, like, he posts. And, and I love that, and I know that's something small that fans probably don't care as much about, but I, I think it just – it says a lot more about his character, too, whether they're down or up, that he's willing to, to speak on the team. And he's been honest throughout the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about this team. I mean, Julian Reese has been playing some pretty good basketball. Um, so yeah, look, they have an opportunity to get in the tournament. It's all going to be a matter of how they, if they can stack W's against the teams they're supposed to beat and maybe steal one along the way. There's a chance. Like if they were to go to Michigan State, and this is a tough ask, right? Like following up, but you know, two bait, two road games, a long trip. Like if they were to somehow win at Michigan State tomorrow night, all of a sudden that game next week where Purdue comes to Maryland starts to seem like one of the more exciting games 
that's been in College Park in a really long time. If they could just, you know, pick off a win or two between now and then, they would need two. They need to win two of their next three in order to make it that interesting. If they could make sure that they win two of their next three, that could be a really electric atmosphere for that Purdue game next Thursday. Yeah, it could be really cool uh, for that spot. And, you know, my big concern, too, is that they finish the season with two games on the road. Yeah. What is that, at Ohio State and then a place that they've always struggled and a team. You know, look, they lost yesterday, but Penn State's been been really yep. good this year. Yep. And Maryland struggles at Penn State even when Penn State's not good. So, uh, so those are two games that, that have me a little concerned to finish the season. And I, I guess I did the math. They already won the first. When I was doing two out of three last week, it included Minnesota. So they only have two yeah. games between now and Purdue. they got Michigan State tomorrow night and Penn State on Saturday. So as long as they don't lose, the, lose them both, I think that becomes a really raucous atmosphere for that Purdue game on the 16th. Yeah. All right, what's coming up on the show this week? Yeah, so I, I, I'm expecting Rob won't be in tomorrow. If you heard him this morning, he was whispering a lot. Ooh, he could talk. So, ooh, what was, so I think oh. it'll be Ed and I. We're, we'll be joined by Amber Theo Harris. Uh, I know that much because oh. we just recorded that interview with her. Oh, how about um, that? So, <laughs> as she's out at the Super Bowl uh, getting things done. But, but yeah, so we'll, we'll continue to talk about the Super Bowl leading up to it. My official pick is Kansas City. I'm going to make it a lock. I love them in this wow. matchup. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about it, but I'm all over the Chiefs. Excellent. Excellent. All right. At Jeremy Khan 1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, see his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. See you, man. Jeremy Khan with us here on GCR as he is every Monday. And, of course, if you, uh, you hear what Jeremy Khan has to say about the Super Bowl, then you should probably be aware that if uh, you're thinking about the Eagles or Chiefs, maybe the Chiefs now, place your Super Bowl bets with your favorite team and pick from hundreds of fun prop bets Thousands of dollars in special sign-up offers with top sports books are available at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and join the fun with great offers from FanDuel, BetMGM, Barstool, and more. Again, at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Indeed, I got a column up today at PressBoxOnline.com talking about Maryland basketball and just just kind of the, the interesting – when they got their brains beat in by Michigan a few weeks ago, and, they, of course, they followed it up with a loss at Rutgers, I had sort of accepted that this year might end up being like last year where we weren't going to be talking much Maryland basketball. Now, the, the reasons were going to be quite different. Last year, we were actually talking a lot of Maryland basketball. We were just talking about the coaching search. Like, that's all we were talking about was the coaching search almost every day. This year, I had semi-accepted that, like, this is just what we're going to do. We're going to not, you know, like, we we know what's going on there. It's a new coach. Growing pains. All good. It was never really about this year for Maryland basketball. No problem, right? Like, I'm not going to get worked up about it. And then, all of a sudden, starting with the home game against Michigan, it completely changed. And over the last three weeks, Maryland basketball has lost one game, and that one game just so happened to be Maybe the most encouraging result of all of them. Them holding Purdue to a season-low 58 points and storming back from down 16 and make it a three-point game. I don't want to oversell Maryland. I don't think they're a very good team. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. I checked it this morning. They were 318th in the country in three-point shooting. They have actually made a couple more in the last couple of games. So yeah, they, they look pretty good. They surged ahead of Texas A&M Commerce, for example. 
got slightly ahead of the commercials or whatever they call Commerce, themselves at Texas A and M Commerce. They're they're a first year D one, so I do not know what their uh, their name is. Um, they've made themselves must watch, and it's not because you think. Did you figure just it out? the Lions? The Lions. That's kind of lame. It is kind of lame. Could do better than that, couldn't? Because like, isn't Lindenwood the Lions too? And they're like, uh, Corpus Christi's got a cool name, don't they? I think they're the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like the Islanders for Corpus Christi. Um, are there any other Texas A and M schools? It's just Texas A and M, Texas A and M Corpus Christi, and Texas A and M Commerce, right? There's not so, another yeah. one. Texas. Well, there might be other ones, but they're not yeah. D ones. Um, there is a West Texas A and M. I know because Ryan Leaf briefly coached there. Hmm. Don't ask me why I know that. I think we had him on the show well. once, and he was coaching there. I like Ryan Leaf. He's actually a great guest. He's tremendous, and he's very open about his demons in his life, and I appreciate that. Um, anyway, the point being, despite not being very good, and I don't want to sound like I'm being too detrimental. They're a very good defensive team. They're one of the top 25 defensive teams in the country. Uh, uh, the Ken Palm's adjusted defensive metric, they're a top 25 defensive team in the country. Like, if you allow teams to play lesser competition and try to judge everybody against each other, then they wouldn't be a top 25 defense. But if you adjusted it for competition the way that Kempom does, top 25 defense in the country. They, Jameer Young has been a revelation. When they're driving and attacking the basket, they are a fun team to watch. They're not perfect. There's no world in which I think they're going to make a Final Four run. However, in, there's a bizarro world where if they were to beat Purdue at home next week, Knowing there is no solidified number two team in the Big Ten, like the Rutgers is the closest thing to a number two team in the Big Ten right now, and, you know, they deserve to be to some extent, but I don't think anybody's terribly fearful of Rutgers. There's very much a world where we go into the Big Ten tournament and say, they got a good chance of it as anybody and make it a run to the Big Ten championship game. I mean, why the hell wouldn't they? Who, who are you afraid of in the Big Ten besides Purdue, and again, they, they damn near beat Purdue on the road. So that's interesting because they're swimming in waters deeper than we expected them to swim. Our expectations were very low for this team. They haven't wildly surpassed them. They're not a threat to make a run to the Final Four, but, you know, as somebody who was on recently, was it Greenberg? I don't remember who we had on recently, but somebody brought up, like, hey, you get the right matchups in the NCAA tournament, who knows? They could be a Sweet 16 team. Like Iowa State was a year ago when, you know, a year removed from being wretched. Um, they've become must-watch. Like, I want to plan my night tomorrow night around watching Maryland basketball. That was the disappointing part about, you know, I appreciated being invited out on Saturday night. And it was easier because it was Minnesota. Yeah. But, like, there was genuinely a part of me that was like, I would kind of rather stay home and watch Maryland basketball. Like, I'm, they, I need to watch Maryland basketball when they play right now. And I know that's a very low bar, but I think all of us from where we were when the season began can appreciate that that isn't what we thought this team was going to be. And part of it, too, it's a little bit about this team. It's a lot about we think that coaching has made a difference. We think they bought in defensively. We think that Kevin Willard has kind of a feel for the team in the game. I brought it up last week. That timeout he took at 22-15 in the Indiana game was not necessary. Sometimes it's easy. You have to take a timeout in certain circumstances. That wasn't a, a necessary timeout. It was a feel for the game timeout. And they immediately responded by 
going on like a 15-4 to run or something like that right afterwards and completely change the course of the game in order to beat a pretty good Indiana team who you guys might not have noticed turn around and beat Purdue this weekend. You're, you feel like you're watching a foundation that's being laid that's as much about the staff as it is about the players. To be not to be dismissive about these players, but college basketball is so cyclical anymore that very rarely do you feel like if you're watching a star player, you are going to have much of a chance of watching that star player for years to come. I guess there's now some conversation that maybe Jameer Young could get another year really? at Maryland. I, I wow. saw that pop up. And I don't know all the details of it. Like I, I just noticed it kind of passing. I didn't know that was an option that maybe Jameer Young. And, uh, and he's another reason I really like Maryland. You know, to, once they do get into March, uh, it just yeah, point they have they a hundred percent. Yeah, they, they have probably th- maybe the best guard in the conference. Like, you know, it's so funny. Somebody else brought that up last week. They just this is not a league that has very good guard play. Right. So because I mean, like. You know, Cam Spencer would be in that yeah. argument, like legitimately would be in that argument. Like that's there's just not a lot of great guard play in this league. Um, so yeah, it's not crazy to say something like that. Like there's there's an argument for it. Um, I don't know. They've made themselves really compelling, and and not again because you think they're a national championship contender, but because you think you're watching something that's real. You think you're watching a foundation be laid. And, you know, there's good atmospheres again for Maryland basketball games. There's excitement. Um, you think that there might could be some kids that maybe had not thought about Maryland in the last couple of years that maybe reconsider Maryland because there's something going on there, and it just makes you want to watch when they play. So I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to oversell it, anything like that. And I wrote about it, kind of dove into some of those numbers today at PressBoxOnline.com of why I have so enjoyed watching Maryland basketball and why I'm at the point where I kind of want to make my plans around watching Maryland basketball at this point. When's the Penn State game? It's, it's at noon on Saturday. I won't be able to do that. I got, the, I got Maryland Loyola lacrosse on Saturday, so that won't be an option nice. for me. I'd like to go to a game. I feel bad I haven't been able to go to a game all season. I'd like to go to a game. But that Purdue game. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be able to take the kids. I would like yeah. to be able to take the kids. Wow. Like, the Penn State game would be perfect, right? Because it's a nondescript enough of opponent where, like, there's excitement about Maryland basketball, but we could probably go sit up top and... Yeah, it's a little chill. Yeah, right? Yeah. It'd still probably be a little bit chill. It'd be a perfect scenario for that. I, I don't think I could take the kids to a 6.30 game on a school night. I don't think I'd be able That's to That's the one that. I'm thinking about. I'm trying to figure now, out. Now, Northwestern on the 26th is at noon. That might be an option. That might be an option for taking the kids to a game. Good luck. Why? I d- I'm just I'm trying oh. to figure out, <laughs> figure out what to say. Well, good luck. You're trying to be genuine? Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it overworks out. It felt very condescending. <laughs> the way I didn't mean that. You said it. <laughs> Jerk. Stan the Fan uh, had two great shows last week, and then tonight Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley are going to catch up with Eve Rosenbaum, the assistant general manager of the Baltimore Orioles. You'll be able to watch it live, facebook.com slash Sports. If you miss it there, you can find it tomorrow, youtube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. When we come back in, we will get a tidbit and two-bit or wind down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, so this is an embarrassing story. John Colson, our most worshipful grandmaster, has ducked into the studio for a second. Yesterday, uh, we were back on 105.7. Mm-hmm. Because it was our first show back in a little while, doing our normal show. I listened a little. I, I wanted to do some fun gimmicky stuff, and I had meant to because everybody was tweeting about these most Oreo Oreos last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had meant to go pick some up, and then I got to the studio and realized I utterly forgot to do it. So I said, well, this is 2023. We'll just have some scent here, right? Like, that's, that's a thing now. We yeah. can do that. And, of course, with the studio being technically within the city, that makes it a little bit easier than, you know, if I was trying to do it at my house. Right, right. You know, who knows? So I go on and I put in the order 
And I'm like, ah, this is easy. They'll just ship them over there. It's five bucks, whatever it is. No, no, no. You got to have a $10 minimum, right? Yep. You yep. have to have a $10 minimum in order to get something sent over. Okay, no problem. Yep. What's something that we could use at the house? You know, we don't have any cranberry ginger ale at the house right now, and I enjoy some cranberry ginger ale. So I said, I'm going to grab a, a case of cranberry ginger ale, some Oreos. It'll be 16 bucks. Well, no, I didn't realize there was going to be a service charge in there. For the for the convenience, you don't have Prime. Uh, this was through whatever one of the other ones. This uh, was through like, like uh, Grubhub or Instacart or uh, something yeah. like that. And then on top of that, they're like they're suggesting that we offer a tip to them. All right, fine, you know, whatever, whatever. So for tw- so for so thirty nine fifty, twenty six bucks <laughs> ends up being the cost for me to get these. I, all I wanted was this you know four dollar bag of Oreos that I could have gone over and gotten myself at the grocery store. But whatever, it's for the bit, right? Then about an hour into the show, I get a text from Trayvon, who is my Instacart shopper, who says there has refunded the Oreo portion of my order. What? I guess couldn't find them at the store. And now I've told Rita and I've told Caleb, who's our producer, and I'm like, we want to try these Oreos. So Rita goes on and she does the same thing on her phone, orders some ginger ale and some Oreos. Apparently, because I didn't respond to confirm that the order... The guy just kept trying and eventually found the Oreos. <laughs> and so 20 minutes later, he shows up with the Oreos and the ginger ale at the radio station. Rita also put in a $26 order for Oreos between the two of us just to try one Oreo. Two cases. One. Of- <laughs> we spent $52. <laughs> that's, that's how they get you. That's how they get between you. the two of us. Because <laughs> all we wanted to do was try a damn Oreo. And I confirmed I've had one. One. That but, is funny. But they're unbelievable. They're incredible. So I don't like Oreos particularly. Which is silly. And I know. They're but American I American cookie. What else I do you just, hate? I just grabbed one of these. They're so good. They're incredible. They're so good. They're incredible. I was trying to explain to uh, Li- uh, the great Liz Drabeck. Uh, I love this tweet. Of course. Who doesn't I haven't love talked Liz to Liz her Drabeck? in forever. Uh, she's down in Charlotte now. Really? I, I love Liz. I miss so her. Uh, I miss her she uh, apparent- posts on Instagram of the mornings when she would go running with their dog. That's things. right. Yeah. M- one of my favorite people in the world, Liz Drabeck. She's love, cool. Man. Love Liz. Cool death. woman. Uh, once upon a time, we, we are the greatest radio show that never was. We were, we were offered... Myself, Liz, and Patrick Shuck <laughs> to do a show on Friday nights after Anita or whatever it was that was on at the time. And the first Friday night, we were told, "Sorry, we're not. We didn't do any of the imaging. We're not quite ready. Can you guys wait a week?" And then I think I got fired or something. I don't remember <laughs> what it was after that. Like something happened. Pretty sure Liz didn't get. No, fired. No, Liz never gets. Well, actually, that's not even true. Liz she gets get, laid off. She would get. Yeah, she would get fired and then immediately rehired because she's Liz Drake. Yeah. So I guess she had tweeted on Friday, she tweeted a picture and said, what, did we run out of ideas for the Oreos? And <laughs> she saw what I had posted yesterday, so she messaged back and said, so apparently they're actually delicious? I said, Liz, they're delicious. They really are. They really the, are. The cream isn't just tasty. It is tasty. But I swear to this, it's somehow softer than typical Don't, Oreo cream. It is. Don't, it's, I, it's softer cream. It is, everything about it is perfection. Perfection. In an Oreo, it's so good. Man. It's very good. It's so good. That's all yeah. I had for you this morning. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, sign up for. Uh, oh, yeah, we I bet just, on the I Super Bowl. Just, I was just telling everybody about that. I was just saying, John, you wouldn't believe this. I, I heard it. I just came up with this. Oh, Eagles or Chiefs? Place your Super Bowl bets with your favorite Dude, team. Dude, I was. I, and pick from hundreds of fun prop bets. Be nice to me. Thousands I'm, of dollars in special sign nice offers with the top sports books are available at pressboxonline.com/offers. I was just saying that. Wasn't I heard. Yes. 
And, and, and you could go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now and join in on the fun with great offers from FanDuel or BetMGM, Barstool, and more. I was just, Caesars? Talking, just talking about that. Points bet? Give me a good offer for this week. Points bet's doing a thing where if you bet, and I don't, I, I think it's up to $1,000. Yes. They will give you five make good choice opportunities, meaning you get, if you lose your bet, you get up to five additional bets to win. So basically, the way I see that is you can kind of bet long shots several times. Mm, that's a nice, I like that. Take yeah. some chances. Maybe, so so maybe, you put 100 bucks in, right? you get you get five chances to win a bet. I like it. So I would do it just with diminishing. Right. I, going one of, long one shot of these to five diminishing hit, long shots. And then it's going to be worth a good amount of money to you. Yeah. I, like that I think that's a pretty I cool. Like that idea. Little, that's points bet. Points bet is offering at that pressboxonline.com slash offers. Go sign up right now. All right, sir. Appreciate <laughs> okay, you stopping guys. by. I'm going to go meet with the people at Top Golf right now. Ooh, I enjoy their product. I, I enjoy would, their product as well. Yeah, I would love to do a show there. I would, I would love, love for I you to do a love, show there. Or like, like an event of some sort. Got um, some, got some I'm working thoughts. on that. You know, it's right funny. Now. I don't care at all about golf. But it doesn't I, matter. I it's fun. Golf. It's going to a bowling it's alley on the front. It's 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 a bowling alley with better or, food. With better food, and it has and, like legit food. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Much much better Dude, food. I got nachos there. Yeah, they were the best nachos I've ever had I, in my I tried, life. <laughs> my, my if you think I don't care about golf, Mrs. Clark would actually prefer golf didn't exist in the world. Right? Yeah, like yeah. she has. Ne- I'm just a zero. Like it does nothing for me. She's negative feelings towards it. We uh, a friend of ours was moving and the. the Top golf down in whatever is that Gaithersburg or whatever yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. I was like, hey, we're all going to meet up down there to to send them off. Why don't you come down with us? She was like, you know, that doesn't sound like something I would want to do. About an hour in, she's ready to get a hotel. How many cocktails? And stay down there. Oh, God knows. <laughs> God knows. She literally because there's a hotel across the street. She's sure. like, what do you think a room costs tonight? I'm like, I. It was like a Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> like she was ready to move in. She was having That's such a good funny. time. Well, tell okay, them guys. I said hello. I will. Please do that. Talk right, to you later. Appreciate it. Bye. Let's uh, wind down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. We'll get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, so I wanted to do this one last week. It was after uh, Josh Johnson got into the NFC Championship for the 49ers. Okay. Um, Can I name so all was, the teams that Josh Johnson has played for? That, that, that might no. be a fun one. Do no, I, I cannot do that possibly one? do that. I had a different one. It was uh, But so, yeah, it was his first action since his start with the Ravens in December where he threw for 304 yards and two touchdowns. Kenji Bahar was his backup, and they never put him in the game. Yeah. I'm still kind of bitter about that because it was his only ever opportunity to play in an NFL game. Yeah. Well, Josh Johnson was just dealing. I mean, sure, that is true. And, and so 300 yards, two touchdowns. Only you the couldn't tenth. put him in for like a trick play or something. Yeah. Just get him, on, get him on the field so he can say he played in an NFL right. game. Yeah, that would you're right. You're right. Um, so he was the 10th Ravens quarterback ever to throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. So I wanted to see if you can name. There are four that have done it multiple times. So name those four and then name all 10. So not the other nine, essentially. All right. So um, we'll knock out Lamar. Uh, yes, Lamar has done it thrice. We'll lock, knock out Joey Flacco. Joe Flacco done it the most. 22 games of 300. Knock out Vinny Testaverde. He has also done it multiple times, six times for Vinny Testaverde. 
course, that was because their defense was wretched, and they just had to keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing. Imagine again, if young Ravens fans didn't understand the 2000 Ravens when they were watching that last night, <laughs> wait do you have to try to figure out the 1996 Ravens? Weird. When you start obsessing over passing statistics, there are people that are still trying to sell me on Derek Carr. Like, look at his passing statistics last year. I'm like, what? Vinny Testaverde looked like the greatest quarterback of all time in 1996 because they had to throw. Like the- they couldn't run the ball. They were down every game immediately by a ton of points. It's like Jared Goff last year. Yeah, last year Jared yeah. Goff, right? Put up massive numbers because they stunk. Now, as yes. it turns out, he had a really good season this year as well. Um, and I, I, I'm still caught in this trap of taking nothing away from Jalen Hurts, who I think is very good. I think that if Jared Goff was the Eagles quarterback, they'd be in the Super Bowl right now. Like that's just the way that I feel. Like I, I don't. I think that team is that good. I don't. I hate it because it sounds like I'm pissing on Jalen. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, but I. I'm not saying that any quarterback. I don't. Obviously, I don't think Gardner Minshew would be in the Super Bowl as Careful. the quarterback for the Eagles. But I do think that Jared Goff, another good quarterback, would be in the Super Bowl with that Eagles roster. That's my my hill that I'm willing to die on. It doesn't mean anything. Um, Steve McNair would be my other guess. Steve McNair has not done it multiple times. He did do it once, though, so he is on this list, but not twice. This guy did it twice. So it could be any of these guys that yeah. played for one season. Right. Like, that's the problem is there's – I'd have to really – Anthony Wright, I know, did it once. Anthony Wright did do it once. Okay. He did not do it twice. This is, this man, you're just pulling S out of thin air. I'm betting that Tony Banks did it at least once. He did do it once, but not twice. Tony Banks, once. <sighs> this sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to find out it was Kyle Bowler against the Packers and the Vikings at the end of that one year. Uh, yes, Kyle Bowler did do it once. Once. Yeah. 302 touchdowns. Yeah. Just snuck in there. <laughs> so, yeah. The- Two more? Yeah, and the problem is, like, there's nobody to me that's logical now. On the group. Like, I can remember big games from a lot of these other quarterbacks, so that's the tough part is, like, now trying to remember who else would have had a big game at some point that would have gotten them to do it twice. Is it – I'm just going to start naming Ravens quarterbacks. I'm not going to try to do it logically anymore. Uh, right. uh Eric Zire. Eric Zire did it once. He yeah, did I, it once. I tried explaining when we had yeah. him on. Like, the end of that year when he had to come in and play in 97, we were all like, this might be the guy. Um, so you have one more guy, and he did it twice. I should have two more guys on this list. One who did it once, one who did it twice. I've got eight on my list that I've named. Did you name Josh Johnson, or did you write Josh Johnson? Oh, jo- you're counting. Yes. Jo- I always forget that you're counting Josh Johnson. All right, so the other one that did it twice was... Jeff Blake. It was Jeff Blake in 2002. Did it twice. Technically, I did go nine for nine on this. I didn't get anything wrong, but it. I don't remember Jeff Blake having two massive games. I don't. I just don't remember him having two big games. He was, in fact, I, it was just that I was thinking about who the other options were, and I'm like, well, probably wasn't Jim Harbaugh. It probably wasn't Chris Redman. It probably was Like, I'm going through all the other possibilities. Troy Smith didn't even start that many games. Matt Schaub, we only made a couple of starts. Definitely wasn't Tyler Huntley. Like that's where I was. All right, very well good. done. Well done. Well, I'm a genius. Yeah, I'm brilliant. I'm I know everything. That's really what it is. Tubular is brought to you today 
by the print issue of Press Box. Only about one more week in order to get this print issue of Press Box. It is our best of issue with Adley Rutschman, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, on the cover. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Not much. Super Bowl Media Night is tonight at 8 o'clock on three different networks because there's that much demand for it. NFL Network, ESPN2, Fox Sports 1. Um, nothing interesting college basketball-wise tonight. Texas-Kansas actually is a yeah. good game. I know oh, it's a good-ish game. That's a good game. It's a good game. That's 9 o'clock on ESPN. NBC Sports Washington, Cavaliers, Wizards at 7, NBA TV, Clippers, Nets at 7.30, Bucks, Blazers at 10. They are finishing up the Pebble Beach Pro-Am today on the Golf Channel. Coverage is underway over there. And the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8 as well. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, not a whole lot. Either The Bachelor, of course, Monday nights uh, at 8 on ABC. Um, so History Channel has History's Greatest of All Time with Peyton Manning, uh, which is like a weird series I guess they're doing. It starts tonight. That is at 10. So he'll tonight he'll be doing the 10 greatest stadiums of all time on the History Channel. Yeah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I mean, what do you? What? I don't know. It's a thing. That, it's a thing that's that, happening. That's so. a that's a like. What is that website that like just makes lists all the time? Uh, like Watch Mojo and no, that's, no. It's like there's one that's like very famous for that's what they do, and they just decided to fire all their writers. They're just gonna have AI write them now. It was a big story recently. It I, was, I do not remember. Like that. it's 26 times that Zendaya slayed or something. Like <laughs> that's, that's what they do. I can't even think of the name of the website because I don't go there anymore. God, this is going to drive me nuts. I don't know. Buzz, uh, oh, BuzzFeed. 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 Thank you. Okay. BuzzFeed is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, that's a BuzzFeed list. That's all that, like a television show about it? It's the History it's Channel. BuzzFeed. The History Channel. The greatest stadiums of all time. Sure. Col- the, the Roman Coliseum, I guess. I guess. I mean, the Polo Grounds? I don't know. Who the oh, hell cares? Yeah. Who, Who cares? Grounds? Who cares? Now I got to watch. I got to see a Polo Grounds. You, you enjoy. You watch that. Um, I'm going to take a look at The Last of Us or something. Uh, good. Yeah, actually do that. I'll watch do White that. Lotus, actually, I think it's right. next. I have a I, – I have anyway, – I'll talk about it. I also really want to watch Banshees. Of, I have not watched oh, Banshees. Okay. I want to watch that, I want to watch that. I think I'm going to hi- prioritize Academy Award movies over shows for, for the next couple of weeks because I want to watch them before the Academy Awards. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Ashton Kutcher is going to be on Jimmy Fallon along with Allison Brie. Um and then uh so then the new show Ashton in the Kutcher does indeed pop up in the uh '90s show, right. yes. which I, I assume that's what he's doing. I don't know what he's. Nah, doing. that's been out for a little while. Yeah. Um and then the new so the new show in the Barmageddon time slot. So we might maybe our maybe the, the yeah the, the crossover audience, yeah, the right. crossover, they might be start talking about uh, Chrisley knows best because season ten of that. I thought he years. was in jail. Chrisley is. I'm almost certain. Well, well, season 10 of his show is, uh, I guess we'll find out. Good for the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, it's tonight at 11 on USA Network. Yeah, I thought there was some like uh, insider trading or something. I don't know what it was with Chris. Yeah, not surprised. I don't know anything about the guy other than I'm pretty sure he's in jail. I, I could have sworn there was a story. Jail. Dude, I'm telling you, there's a story there. They report to prison. Yeah. People has confirmed that Chris and his best stars have begun their respective sentences. Yeah, told you. What? Yeah, Why, how are dude's they doing a in show? jail. Well, they probably taped it before he we went to jail. Okay. Ta- Chris, imagine calling a show Chris Lee Knows Best <laughs> about a guy that's in jail. What does he know best about? What not to do? Tom, I'm actually Chris Lee reported to prison. I've never watched the program. I couldn't tell you anything about them. I just know they're going to jail. That's it. That's all I know. All right, very good. Wow. Thanks today to uh, Jonathan Mayo. Thanks also to uh, Jeff Barker from The Sun as well as to Jeremy Kahn. We had Jay, Triple J yeah. today. John, Jeff, Jeremy, 
Is tomorrow going to be Jim, Joey, Josh? Like, are we just going to do Jays all week? Is that the bit? It, it seems like J is the most common. Yeah, it is. That's a common. Name. That is a common letter. All right, we'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Patrick Stevens, of course, because it's Tuesday. We'll talk Terps with him. Uh, Kyle Stackpole, I believe, is going to join us from CBSSports.com. We will uh, discuss the. Um, uh, get an NFL draft segment with him. Anything else that's cooking? Stuff and things. Oh, good. Very, very good. Good to have you back, pal. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, the Costa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Ace Memorabilia, the Maryland Vascular Specialists, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday or Monday evening it is. Go nobody. Duke sucks.